What's up, gamers? This is Battle Mallet Podcast, episode 43, Nova 2022. You should have been there. Uh, for anyone that isn't familiar, the Battle Mallet Podcast is the journey of four busy gamers playing games that they love, balancing life with those games, and journeying to the Nova Open Convention. My name is Jared Johnson. Tonight, I am joined by Trace Hyde. We made it. And Jason Tabled New Murray. What a long, strange trip it was. It's always a long, strange trip when you're involved, Jason. <laughs> um, so in this episode, we are going to cover our Nova experience. Sadly, Danny could not join us. Uh, I think he is probably still on an airplane uh, on his way to Africa uh, as we are recording here on September 12th. Um, so a decent amount of time post Nova. So we've had some time to ruminate on our experience and we want to share it uh, with everybody that's listening. So we're going to kind of truck through the experience, uh, you know, everything that happened, you know, in the few days leading up to the convention. Uh, and then we'll go through kind of day by day to discuss our experiences. Uh, the only caveat there is that Jason and I played Warhammer Underworlds on Friday and we are not going to cover that in this episode because that was covered in the previous episode, episode 42. Um, so if you want to hear how uh, the Grand Clash went for Jason and I and hear from uh, the professor on how it was to win the Grand Clash, spoilers, uh, you can check that episode out. So um, I think with that, I don't think we're going to dig into what we've been up to. We'll probably just take a break and come back. We'll talk about pre-con stuff. What I've been up to is Nova. Right? Right. Sweet. We'll be right back. And we're back. Feels like just yesterday, gentlemen, that we were preparing to go to Nova. And to kick this off, like, let's go. And how did we prep for this tournament? How did we prep for an event? More importantly, how did we prep to be away for five days right that's how long we were gone it feels yeah. like a week but yeah five yeah. days um and then you know we were playing different games this time because in previous years we all had played basically all gw games to include 40k and this year we played something a little different um so you know trace why don't you share your pre-nova experience how did you plan it out you were a busy beaver in your man cave painting a whole bunch of stuff so how did you how'd you go about that i was gnawing away on all <laughs> that wood um so yeah i think the the pre-stuff can cover a lot of things really for all of us um from last minute hobbying which is a lot of what i was doing to also like playing some prep games too um for a lot of these games that we were playing i know that you two played a lot of underworlds games leading up to the event to try and polish your decks and stuff like that um but we also played several games of mcp in the weeks leading up to it um we may have covered one of those on a previous episode but um i know that myself i played like two or three games of mcp one against jason one against jared i guess i just played two um danny went to an event <laughs> yeah danny went to an event um so so that was kind of the gaming portion um we also played a prep game of age of sigmar jared and i did just to kind of 
kick the rust off a little bit for him, um, which I think he appreciated. Yeah, yeah, it was very helpful to not um, just go into a tournament blind. How long has it been since you played a game of AOS? Since the last time he and I played. How yeah. long ago was that? I don't know, eight months probably. Yeah, it was, it was no, probably six. I'd say six months probably. It was, yeah. it was a while. Yes. It was a while ago. Um, the prep game, like, I didn't even think about that part of it because I was thinking about just, you know, schedules with the family and painting like you guys were doing. That's like for MCP for us. For those that don't know, we the, the first time in three years, and really it feels like longer than that because even the last Nova, I don't think all four of us played in the same event except like random narrative 40K stuff, right? Right. Um, all four of us had not been in a actual serious tournament in years, four or five, because Danny also played MCP. So all mm-hmm. four of us played MCP. And to be honest, those prep games didn't feel like a prep game to me, like which was really kind of cool in hindsight. Like we were prepping because I was learning the pre-mechanics of that game because I didn't know them. But they just felt like we were playing. And I think, you know, MCP, P has proven that we can all have fun with it. So those games were, yep. were, were awesome. So, yeah, and you know the the prep game has a lot of connotation to it, right? Like you played exactly what you wanted to play, but you were still trying to figure out exactly whether you were going to use Steve as your primary or if you were going to use, you know, the other Captain America, Sam. Um, Sam. Sam, like I right. learned a lot that game. Like I right. yeah. like him. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it was a lot of discovery for a lot of us, too. And, you know, Jared found some things that he tweaked about his game um, that he took to the event, too. And just like I was trying to figure out the best ways to use some of the models that I was going to take. So it was just a lot of it's a lot of helpful games leading up to the event. Um, As far as another event, though, as well to prep, not MCP. That was well in advance, though. That was like, and I think we already talked about the AOS stuff for me. But I did go to an AOS event to knock the rest off for myself. Yeah. Um, ended up going two and one in that. But that was with a different army altogether, and that was more just to kind of get a feel for the the new secondary system that I hadn't really played with since the new General's Handbook and stuff like that. So that was helpful as well. Um, but as far as like family stuff, um, which I know we're going to touch on kind of all of us is, you know, just spending a lot of time when I was not, <clears throat> when I had, when everybody was awake, tried to spend as much time as possible with them just to try and love on the family as much as possible and build them brownie points up. Um, and then as far as model and hobbying prep goes is where I spent a lot of my time. Uh, I probably unnecessarily waited a little too long to to finish some of these things, but I do what I do sometimes. Um, And leading up to the event, I finished um, basically an entire Age of Sigmar army to tabletop standard, not like parade ready, but battle ready. For those who are familiar with the GW moniker of how they like to label their painting stuff, uh, painted up a thousand points of Soulblight Gravelords to match Jared's um, thousand points of 
Osiarch Bone Reapers. And this is probably, that took me probably about seven-ish days prior to the event to do that. And then I finished that the Friday before the event. And then I painted six or seven Marvel Crisis Protocol models from Saturday to the day before. Talk about crunch time. Uh, yeah. So lots of lots of brush to model time there. Um, but you know, and you painted what? those MCP models to your comic standard. It wasn't like they were just table ready; like they were done. <laughs> yeah, they were done. Yeah. But I spent a lot more time on those than I did on the on the soul blight because I knew I could go back and touch the soul blight up and you know just work on them over time. Um, they're to a good like base level that I can build on, but the MCP models are done. Like I'm not going to put anything else to them really. So, but yeah, Jared, how about you? Yeah, so I mean, just chiming in on the on the prep games, playing a lot of MCP, and I think you know for me it was a trying to figure out what my roster was even going to be because um, I mean, I'm not totally glut for choice, uh, but I mean, I have all of the brotherhood models, all of the uncanny X-Men models, all of the X-Force models, and then some sprinklings, uh, you know, the start, the core corset and, uh, and then, you know, splashing in, I have sinister and Omega red and, you know, Bob agent of Hydra, uh, to go in with that and so ultimately decided to go to stick with what was familiar um, after playing some games with the Brotherhood and just not being able to wrap my head around running around with a, a threat six leader in Magneto it just my brain couldn't couldn't quite wrap my head around it um, or a threat three leader or well or a threat three leader but not with, without any I don't know Mystique is interesting I think she's good but it's just not it wasn't meshing um, but it was a ton of fun. And I think, you know, to Jason's credit, like we can just play MCP and have fun, um, that like, it's just a fun game. Um, and then, uh, so about a week before the event, I ha had finished painting up the 10 models that I needed for my half of our doubles list. So 10 more tech guard painted to, you know, a finished standard for me, it would probably be battle ready plus i guess there are some highlights but it's not uh you know they're not they're not going to be winning any golden demons uh by any stretch of the imagination but they look good on the table and that's what matters to me when uh when it comes to aos um and then outside of that you know we mentioned this in the previous episode when jason and i were talking but you know playing a lot of underworlds virtually as well um so i think the biggest thing for me this year was in years past, I had not taken time off work, like prior to Nova, and I did that this year, um, and I think it made a big difference. Um, I know that my wife appreciated it because it meant that I was around, um, even though our two oldest were in school on Tuesday. Um, it meant that I was around to kind of help get the house ready, and um, so our middle child, Autumn, was she had her assessment for kindergarten that day. And so it meant that Daniela didn't have to run around with her and the baby. Um, so I took Autumn and I was able to take her. And then after that, we got some time together, just her and I. And uh, 
she must take after her father a little bit because she wanted to go to Target to buy a reward for doing her assessment. And we spent probably 30 minutes walking up and down every toy aisle at least twice. And she didn't buy anything because she didn't see anything she really wanted. Hey, and I'm like, good for that's you. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good for her. Like, yeah. So after that, you know, we were talking on our way out and she said she wanted to go to Mama Birds, which is this local place for ice cream. And then she was getting a little cranky and I said, are you like hungry, hungry? And she's like, yeah, I, I could eat some real food. And it's like, well, what do you want for lunch? And she goes, oh, I know we could go to Chick-fil-A and get real food and ice cream. And I'm like, that's good. let's do it. So, so we, you know, we got Chick-fil-A lunch. And so it was just, you know, some daddy daughter time uh, that, you know, in the middle of the week that I normally don't get. So that was, I mean, it was really rewarding. And I think it was really helpful for Daniela um, leading up to it. Um, and that was probably kind of the biggest prep work for me was really just making sure that like my household, it's three was children. In <laughs> was in order for me to yeah. not be there for five days. Um, yeah. And I think you're underselling. Go ahead, Jason. Every single time he says three children, I just like, I like mentally have to count. Like, <laughs> yep. <Yeah>. Same. Same. <laughs> like Maggie's over a year and just, Did, you know. She, uh, she's 19 months. Yeah. 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 I still have to like, oh, yeah, that third one. Yeah, that I say the baby. Out. She's not a baby. I mean, she's full on toddler at this point, but. Mm-hmm. And I will say about your painting like even though we both had basically tabletop standard armies we got a lot of compliments on our army we did yeah and um, I, I and i appreciate the fact that you were able to tie your yours into like my color palette because yep. i think that went a long way to making both of our armies look good because they were mm-hmm. together so. yep it was very cohesive and I think we got a fair more of a, a few more painting points than I think we really thought we were going to get. Yeah. Even though we didn't have a display board, so. Yep. But. So yeah, but I think that covers it. Yeah. So we had our one AOS game, and the the AOS game that we played against each other was fun. So uh, I'm running Petrifex Elite, Osiarch Bone Reapers, and uh, I had not really played with a blob of Mortet Guard prior to mm-hmm. our test game. But if you put 20 Mortet Guard with a Bone Shaper and a Gothazar Harvester, like, it'll it's suck some wounds. Pretty sticky. Yeah, so, like, it was able to to weather a charge from your Blood Knights and in, a, in, mm-hmm. in a fashion that I did not expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they, they proved that, that capacity to weather a hit in the tournament as well, which we'll get into uh, coming up, but... But yeah. it was it was fun and it kind of sparked my interest to at least get everything that I own for AOS built and painted. And so. your book will only go up like they're not yeah. they're not in the best place right now in the quote unquote meta. Right. But they'll get their new book and every, they'll get new life breathed into them because everything that I've noticed about the, a lot of the new books for AOS is that um, they all are pretty well balanced. There's not. There are some standouts, obviously, but those have been kind of reined in, and so yeah. everything's kind of. Every you can win with basically anything. It's just right. a matter of who you line up against. So, so yeah. yeah, Jason, how about you, buddy? Well, you know, all I'll say is they'll be balanced until the next season. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, 
So for me, much like Jared, and, you know, I think that that's the point of the segment of the prep is really getting back to our roots on what the podcast was started on. It's, it's busy gamers trying to balance this life. And for me, it did not go as smooth as it did for Jared. Like my pre leaving was focused around family. I took off Tuesday and then uh, for our listeners, kind of like what happens in my household household. So I'm able to take this trip is my wife's parents come into town to help with the children. And then we, we, and I'm using air quotes, uh, book a beach house for them and my wife and the two kids. And they go to the beach while we're gone. So the kids aren't sitting around. And it's just like breaks up the monotony of having to deal with the two children. But my wife worked the weekend before. So I had to get the whole house ready for guests to come into the house. Um, plus spend time with the kids. And just like Jared, I did, you know, silly stuff. Like we went to IHOP and we went for ice cream and, you know, we went to the, the park and playgrounds and went to Target. And unlike your daughter, my children will just buy anything to get anything. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> well, uh, just to interject, my oldest is that way. Yeah. Like, he's like, can we buy a pack of Pokemon cards? Let me, Dad, I'm playing this game on the Switch. Let me buy these Aos gems for Pokemon Unite so that I can change the appearance of my Venusaur. And I'm like, dude, that's a waste of money. <laughs> <laughs> of course he's eight so he doesn't see it that way anyway yeah it's the, but that, that was that way so that was the weekend and you know, got the house ready the in-laws came in uh and then i took off tuesday so the cool thing well let me back up the previous tuesday the tuesday before was where the bulk of my hobby work came in and i made one of these magnetic like you know uh buy a plastic box and put magnetic stripping in the bottom that I saw on the Duncan Rhodes channel. And I'll tell you, it was a lot of fun. And then I had to magnetize all the bottoms of all my models. But the key for the prep for me, other than the practice games and getting ready for the family was I didn't have to bring a lot of stuff with me this time. And it was fantastic. Yes. Like I had nine MCP models because I borrowed one of Jared's. So I had nine of those. <laughs> I had my three war bands that I was choosing from to play in the Friday event. And then I also bought Bladeborn, the board game that uses Underworld's models, which we didn't play, but I didn't care this time because it was like, you know, a 13 by nine or whatever the heck yeah. it is box with my models in it. And it was fantastic. And it was super easy to make. The box cost me $12.99 from Hobby Lobby. The magnetic mats, I think, cost me three bucks and some super glue. And then I had the magnets at home, and that would be what drove up cost is to put magnets on the bottom of your models. But it was it was great. And then I bought another tote for $12.99, and I put my MCP stuff in it. I borrowed Emma's pencil case and put my like rulers and cards in that. And I magnetized the old dice tray because Jared bought us new dice trays. And I, I went with two whatever it was, 13 by nine. I'm pretty sure they're 13 by nine totes. And that's all the gaming needs I needed. That was yeah. it. It was great. I think for the first time ever, Danny brought more to the game stuff than you did. Yeah. Cause he brought a ton of board games. He brought a ton of board games with it. <laughs> yeah. Which we played none of, but it's okay. That's okay. Um, okay. But anyway, so I had that that Tuesday, and then the following Tuesday, the day before we left on Wednesday, I had taken off, 
but I still had like stuff to do. Like I had to get the car cleaned and the oil changed and get my hair cut. So I got in the doghouse because I did not follow your lead, Jared, and spend the day with my children who were in school um, or supporting around the house. Um, I say that because I did pick Emma up from school because she was not feeling well. And then I got Aiden from childcare. But it just shows another dynamic for our listeners is like all that stuff was taken care of, plus got everything ready over the weekend. But the stress of leaving, right? So even though the in-laws were in town and there was a whole plethora of events, the stress of that whole weekend built up on Sarah. And, um, you know, we just needed to communicate better and I needed to be more attuned to, hey, I'm going to be gone for five days. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, I think I made up for it on Tuesday cause I made cooked dinner and dessert and did all the bath things that you had to do and got all the kids ready. And, uh, that was the prep. So I going to Nova was probably the best I had felt leaving for event, both in time spent with the family and the prep work from the hobby standpoint. Um, you know, I definitely wasn't as prepped to play games because I didn't select an Underworld Spore Band until the Friday or Saturday before. And Marvel Crisis Protocol is my own fault because I just refused to dive into that pregame stuff. But thanks to all of you, I knew I knew just enough to, to be dangerous to myself when we got to the event. So laid my head down on Tuesday, and we roll right into our first day of leaving. Um we left on Wednesday morning, bright and early. And again, Danny didn't join us because he had to work Wednesday. We were all fortunate to have off. So another monumental thing happened on Wednesday. I was on time to pick up Jared. And then more importantly, we were on time to pick up Trace. Yeah. Which if you know me, that does not happen. I'm typically 15 minutes late. Like that's just the way I roll. Um, but I took Emma to school and then I headed off and, and collected both of you. And, you know, the write-up was fantastic because they're maybe one of the group that has a bladder of a two-year-old. So to combat this problem, this is a problem. It is a problem. I agree. <laughs> to combat this problem. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is not Trace, by the way. Um, <laughs> to combat this problem, we stopped at work stores for me. So... We were able to accommodate person having to stop every hour on the hour. And I was able to meet a couple of new managers and check up on stores. And it was a longer ride. And I do appreciate you guys putting up with that. Um, but I enjoyed the ride up. It was relaxing. There was great conversation. We got to talk about all my problems, all your problems. Yep. We found out Trace has tons of problems. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... It's and that, yeah, we hadn't done that just eight hours together in a while. It's true. Truth. I can't Truth. help that Truth. I'm well hydrated. <laughs> oh, is that what we're calling it? That's <laughs> what I'm calling it. I'm, I'm buying Depends next year. <laughs> I got lots of nurse friends, Jared. We can hook you up with a leg bag. It's okay. <laughs> Just no, go straight you. shot. Boom. No, thank you. Oh, uh, well, I guess uh, we'll take a break and we'll 
cover the rest of Wednesday. Sounds good. And we're back. And uh, so we've done Nova Prep. We talked about the car ride. So now it's time to talk about Wednesday afternoon, evening. Um, That's so, how time uh, works. It is how time works. Yep. It is sometimes a flat circle, sometimes not. Um, so we get to the hotel. Our rooms are ready. So we're able to kind of get in and get checked in and, and drop all our stuff off. Um, and then now my mind is totally drawn a blank. I don't even remember what we did. Well, first off, you picked up, you picked up the supernova. Oh, I did pick up the supernova. I forgot about that. Sure did. Yeah. So you want to go through how all that, all the benefits there? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So, um, so when we were doing registration, I signed up, I think, for the dwarf nova, um, just because it's cool to get like the exclusive bag or whatever you get every year. Like I still use the the um like the messenger bag that we got. 2018 um it's like a great little gaming bag um but shortly after registration they sent an email out the registration team saying that there were supernovas available that you could enter your name into a lottery to be drawn to be eligible to purchase one and i said yeah sure why not like i'll throw my name in that i probably won't get one um and then like 10 days later i get an email saying hey you've won the option to buy a supernova and i'm like well Sure. Yeah. Why not? Who cares? It's just money. Can't take it with us. Um, So I did it. And then, you know, we go to get like registered for the event and I'm like in line with everybody and they can't find my name. And they're like, oh, you have a supernova. You have to go down to your private check in downstairs. Um, (laughs) I I know. Right. Super fancy. So I go down there and um, and I get my bag and it is a KR multi case backpack and it holds two of the like half boxes, I think. that that KR multi-case makes. Um, They're like the single foam. Soft soft blue foam to protect your minis and hard cases to protect your foam. Isn't that the tagline? Something like that, yes. From a podcast from time, time, time gone by. Um, but it was like chock full, chock of a lock full. Like it was like fully expanded stuff to the gills with all sorts of stuff. Um, Things so anyway, that Jared did not find himself, by the way. Yeah, well, yeah. So I, so I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So we, so we, we get all registered, and everybody has their stuff, and we all gather at in the room that Trace and I are sharing, and we start kind of going through the bags, and you know, it's the standard stuff. You know, you'll get a a, a pin or you know, like a we got our mugs, and the mugs are actually really cool because they're like mm-hmm. stainless steel tankards this year. By the way, it actually makes a pretty decent coffee cup. Yeah. So, um, just FYI. Um, like I think, did we all get whiskey stones? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Shot glasses, stickers. Yep. Um, so, um, you guys got kill team boxes, like individual kill teams, right? Yeah. Yes. Ambitious. Yeah. But Trace and I got that because we were in the first like 400 to rest. Yeah. We okay. were, yeah. we were still, we still got some extra swag cause we were first 400 tickets nice. sold. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. so anyway, so we, so we start opening this KR multi-case bag and it's like, it's a nice, canvas bag like semi waterproof according to the advertising it's got the nova logo on it like embroidered on it um and i've got a kill team starter box in it so it contains some terrain the orcs and the kriegers so like enough to play a game of kill team which i mean i already had but that's fine that's neither here nor there it's still really awesome to include that 
Um, and then, you know, I got all the bits and bobs and stuff. Um, and then, you know, we start pulling little things out. And so there's like a Bluetooth speaker in there. There's a phone stand. There's like the standard, like, here's your random weird games miniature. Here's your random infinity miniature. Here's your weird random third party sculpt for, you know, an orc pilot or whatever. Um, and I'm like looking at some other stuff and Jason's like, I think there's still stuff in here. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And so he's like unzipping like every pocket and like, there's just more stuff flying out and flying out and flying out. And I'm like, what on earth? Like, this is ridiculous. There's some, there's like, you know, like laser pointers and, and all this stuff. And then he finds like the tiniest little plastic Ziploc baggie. And this is probably my favorite thing that I got. And it is a TNT laser works acrylic command point, victory point dial that has my name engraved on it. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, is the one personalized counter worth the price of admission for the Supernova? I don't know. I'll let the listener decide. But it was really cool that, like, that, that, that there was that amount of thought put into putting these bags together. Um, mm-hmm. And my understanding is that like even the stuffing of the bags is all volunteers. Like these are yeah. not people paid like the Nova open convention, I think kind of runs for profit, but it's like they try to run lean because they're partnered with the Nova open charitable foundation. So, you know, whatever they have in overhead, they can kind of donate to charities and stuff. So it was pretty cool. And I well, think and- that is what we did leading up to the preview. Yeah, that was most of what we did was kind of like look at swag and then we kind of walked through the vendor hall and talked to some early people that were there and looked mm-hmm. at some. Jared and I did go down. Yeah, Leyland. Um, it's also good to go down and look at the Bits Guys stuff early yep. because he usually has some treasures down there. Uh, I found a really old 1993 or 1994 sculpt of a chaos sorcerer that I fell in love with and grabbed him and i was like yay um but just to kind of go back to your to your um to your bag like that's a 70 dollar bag so just to put that in perspective too yeah. like that's a 70 dollar carrying case for miniatures and there's pockets everywhere oh yeah so like if it's really good um well and so, it's like and like the side pocket like fully zips up and closed, but it's large enough to fit uh, a Nalgene bottle, like a thirty-two ounce water bottle. Oh yeah. Like you can zip the water bottle completely inside of the side pocket. Yeah, it's really it's a really deep bag. So Yeah. Um but yeah, so and then Jason, did you what what all were you doing during that time? I think Jared and I were looking at minis and stuff when you were doing something else, but I think you were no, you were getting you're meeting up Dan meeting up with Danny, I think. Cause he had just gotten there. Yeah. So, so Danny arrived, we got him in the room. Um, you know, and I am pretty like, again, we'll let it leave to the listeners if the supernova is worth the price of admission, but I will say the bag, like I almost want to buy one, not right. for a minis bag, but just as a backpack because it is so deep. Yep. Like yeah. for work, that backpack would be phenomenal. Like I'd be able to like travel with it for two or three days plus have a whole compartment for my laptop. Like, I really like that backpack. And, oh, when I go to Nova, I can pack minis in it, right? So mm-hmm. um, really cool bag um, in a lot of pockets. But, yeah, so then you guys headed down. I met Dan- Danny, got Danny squared away. Um, 
and then we um we you know i met justin because justin was down there setting up the death ray design studio so kind of conversed with him uh we did walk over to the gw store where we ran into pete pete foley and just got to say hello and it was nice to see him after three years and um you know just kind of milled around and then we did get distracted because i do remember going like oh well we should go go down to the preview um but i don't i, I don't recall where we were i think we might have been in the other hotel right checking out what was over in the other hotel i think so i think we walked through the aos hall yeah um checked out like what was going on with the cantina no trace is saying no no we were we went and talked to the 40k narrative guy oh we walked through the 40k that's hall, right yeah that's, that's what we did yeah. all four of us walked and, and got distracted yeah and we got distracted because the gentleman that was running it this year i forgot his name so if you're listening to this i'm sorry but um we found out that the narrative the guy who runs the narrative all the tables so there was like what 20 tables something like that i think so all of it was his terrain one person's terrain absolutely mind-boggling to me yeah to have 40 tables to actual tables like sculpted tables or battle mats with corresponding terrain yeah 20 all themed yeah very themed um, the, and that, his name's Chris Stover, by the way. Oh, Chris Dover. Okay. Stover. Thank you. Stover. Thank you, Jason. Um, but he, you know, we found out that his stuff was I mean, he did he works on a lot of it on his own. And then he had a couple things, a couple of them were kind of commissioned, but he had been working on this really cool trench works, earthworks table. And he had just gotten it tabled like playable ready, but he was like, there's gonna be a lot more cool stuff on this. And it was just cool to kind of pick his brain about his approach to those tables and get kind of themes for what was going to happen on those tables. It was, it was really neat. And that was when we were like, Oh, we probably should go. <laughs> yeah. Well, like but also too, because I was, I was immersed like yeah, him yeah. talking about the narrative. I felt I was like, damn, I'm missing out. Cause he had, he had like in previous years of the narrative, they always had like a 3d printed item to represent whatever the mission was, mm -hmm. but the missions now kind of strung together. If you had, a convoy you could actually use actual tanks and vehicles that were 40k adjacent but fully painted fully modeled and had yeah. cool rules um the starport had the storm eagles on it which were fantastic oh my gosh yeah. um and then he kind of laid out the missions on how like the missions would work and as you won you were you could like take structures structure points away from you know an object at the base and cause havoc through the larger narrative and and it sounded a lot more interactive than what we had mm -hmm. played previously and i was jealous so like i was totally yeah. immersed in this oh i should have brought my 40k stuff i really want to play this this is awesome and then someone's like oh we got like five minutes before the <laughs> the thing starts again so yeah okay. so then we run down and we wait in the line because we were not late we were actually early but that line was that line was hella, hella long. Well, and I think the reason that it was long is that I think people were still used to like, uh, like COVID protocols, and so yeah. in previous years we all just kind of gathered at the auditorium doors, like in a pack, and I, I think that people were trying to pseudo enact 
some sort of COVID protocol. So like we were like in a single file line, somewhat spaced out, grouped by like individual parties that were in attendance. But I think, so this is where, um, so the, uh, so we have a, a an Instagram friend um, that we have only ever conversed with virtually until Nova of this year. So Mike, who is at Warhammer OK on Instagram, um, uh, started messing it, messaging us at around this time and saying, hey, we're here, we're in line for the preview. And of course, like, we have no idea what anybody looks like. We don't know what right. he looks like. He doesn't know what we look like. Um, but he had met with up with some of his Instagram like friends, um, colleagues, f co followers, I guess. Um, and they were kind of hanging out and they were in line. It turns out not very far behind us because he has a picture on his Instagram where he is like two rows behind us in the preview. <laughs> you can definitely see the backs of our heads uh, as he takes a picture and posts it on his Instagram about being in the preview. But so, like, we started that conversation, which then trickled into further conversations later but um so we get into the preview dash to the front because dash to the, well wanna... it's funny you know you know i don't i don't want to say that nerds don't want to sit in the front row but like nerds don't want to sit in the front row so we kind of get like we're on like the sixth row and then one of the gw staff is like hey we need people to pack in we got a lot of people in line and we look up and there's like in the third row in the middle section there's like there's seven seats. Exactly the number of seats that we need, probably. And we're like, yeah, like, let's go. So we were like right behind the projector within spitting distance of Pete Foley and Mike Brandt, who were hosting the preview event. Um, yeah, so it was cool. So we got near the front again, like like we've done in the past, but it was packed this year. There were a lot more was, people there this year than there had yeah, been. Yeah, there were. It was in the preview event for anyone that has not been to a preview event. It It is much what they show online, right? Like, we get to see this stuff a little bit early, er, but I really like the conversation that the hosts will share about models. Um, Cause there is a Q and a after the event and you can ask whatever you want. Like literally you can ask whatever you want, not necessarily they're going to answer it in the way that you want them to answer it, but you can ask whatever you want. Um, and they always seem to provide a little more detail, at least, in my experience when we're sitting at the event of what the model or the range is that you're reviewing. Um, you know, and we don't have to go through everything, but the, I will tell you the one thing that they previewed was the Voltan, you know, Votan. model ring. It's Voltron is what Vot it is in my mind. Votan. The leagues of Voltan. No, it's Voltron. Um, yeah, sure. So, <laughs> but they like, so Voltan um, preview. And I was not interested at all. Like, I like I love the models; they look great. But to hear, um, you know, Pete and Mike talk about like this is a brand new faction for 40k, something that hasn't happened in like 25 years. Yeah. And then to go into the lore, just a little bit, like just enough to like pique your interest of like why they do what they do, and more importantly for me is they're not necessarily Imperium adjacent. Like when I saw that, that um preview like everyone thinks oh they're squats which they are but they're not don't call them squats that's a four-letter word and they're to them but um the fact that they were saying that like yeah they don't necessarily align to imperium like they they do sometimes but they don't always so it's like oh we're getting kind of a another foe added to the universe or what could be foe 
um, was really intriguing to me. And I can't wait till they start hitting some of the the lore books, the Black Library books, to find out more. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, like, they seem... They... Go ahead, Jared. Yeah. Nope. Yep. They, they seem like they're a more Imperium-aligned uh, Xenos race, is how they're kind of painting them, which is really cool to me. Um, but that's all I had to say, Jared. Go ahead. Yeah, well, that was... The, I would, you know, great minds. Um, yeah. That, like, uh, you know, I wonder, are they going to be considered Imperium? Like, in the... in you know the the 40k equivalent of a grand alliance or are they going to be zenos from the sounds of it i don't think that they're going to have the imperium keyword yeah so i don't necessarily think that they're hostile to the imperium but i don't think that they're going to be part of the imperium either yeah even though a lot of the technology that you see on them looks very much like some of the admex stuff like the castellan robots are very similar to a lot of the robots that they have. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, that, that was really cool to see. I, I agree, Jason, that that was a, a cool point that they drove home of, they're not necessarily in, Imperials, which is kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. So I, I want, you know, I don't, I'm definitely not going to get the, the box that's coming out here in two weeks or whatever it is, but I can't wait to read more about the lore and just expand that universe. And again, you know, I don't often think about that. We've been in this hobby a long time and um, we are, we've been blessed in our stint in the hobby to see new models come out, right. but not often do you get a whole new faction. Like mm -hmm. it happened with OCR bone reapers and one Nova when we were there. Now yep. it happens with Votan. Like, so mm -hmm. I guess, it, when we go to Nova again in three years, I'll have a Botan army. Is that? No, I hope not. Yeah, same. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But, I mean, the preview was cool. I think, yeah. I mean, we don't need to go through everything, but I think it's worth mentioning how awesome the Horus Ascended model is. And looking at the models and listening, like, just looking at the models makes me kind of want to play Warhammer Horus Heresy. And then I like listen to a battle report or read up on some rules and I'm like, oh yeah, this is, it's still seventh edition 40 K and it is not the game for me right now. Like, but if you're I, playing on that narrative table, uh, then it would be the game for me. <laughs> so the narrative tables for the 40 30 K event actually looked really cool too. Well, I walked through a lot of those and they were not as intense as the ones for 40 K. Um, but I can get into that on Friday when I go through all the stuff I did on my jaunts around the con yeah. while y'all were playing Underworlds. What What are your thoughts? Because the, the Horus Ascended is by far the best Primark model. I would say. yes, like yes. by far. It yeah. looks like more of an action pose. It's more of that gritty Warhammer feel. But what do you feel about it being in resin? Because I thought it was going to be plastic. Um. I think it's just on trend with what they have been doing. Like all of those character series models have all been in resin so thus far. It is a little disappointing to me because like when you look at the painted miniature, you think it's plastic because that's how crisp it is. Um, not to say that resin is not crisp, but like it usually needs to be loved on quite a bit to get it to where it looks like plastic. Yeah. So I'll be interested to see 
what the resin pieces look like when people actually start getting their hands on it. Um, but it is intimidating, that model is. Yeah. It is super cool looking. So. Any other, anything else that really grabbed you during the preview? Like, like Trace, what was your favorite part of the, the preview? Slaves to darkness. Um, so I've been a Chaos Warriors player for well over a decade. <laughs> um, and All his life, he came out of the womb being a Chaos player. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. And, um, you know, I've, I've had various different types of sculpts, but I've never actually owned any of the GW chosen just because I'd never really liked the chosen models from before. Um, they all felt very static and not dynamic, even, even in a range where everybody literally stood exactly the same, they felt somehow even more static to me. Um, so when they showed the preview of all the different for, for the new chosen models, and then also the, the, the Ogroid Theradons and the new Demon Prince all in one box, I was like, oh, well, yep. sold. Yeah. Um, but the new, the new chosen models are just, they're really, really cool looking. They look very much the role that they're to fill. Um, and then just the modern GW, GW sculpting just takes them to another level, I feel like. Um, and then just the fact that you get the book in that new set too at the end of the year will be really neat. I'm not sure how far along, how far behind the actual book will be from the set, but um, the special edition book being in that box with those models. I'm I was very excited for that. Yeah. Sweet. Jared, anything we missed for you or? No, I mean, I, I, I think we hit it. Just, I was just blown away by that Horus Ascended model. Like, yeah, this is outstanding. What about you, Jason? Yeah, I covered it. We're good. And then Danny was, was, uh, was happy with the corn berserkers. Like he's always loved a good, good berserker, even though he's a hundred percent ultramarines. Yeah. But, uh, he, he, he was cool pretty stoked about that kit. So. I will tell you exactly what Danny is the most excited about with that kit. And I will do this in his name and honor him while he is flying to <laughs> Africa. He is most excited that they kept the leather gloves from the original Berserkers kit oh, on yeah. those models. So for those of you who are true, like early, you know, early corn Berserker lovers, they have these fantastic leather gloves and they decided to keep those in the new sculpts which is not all of them have them but right. a lot of them do and it's really it's just a really subtle touch um and a nod back to the original berserker models so really like that and danny really likes that so nice. there you go danny i mentioned it for you and he got his plug all right so after sitting there for all of the q a then where did we, then we finally made it to the cantina, right? We did. Yeah. And at the cantina, this is where we met Mike and Mark and Markion. Um, so we knew Mike. We had conversed with him. 
you know, over over the course of three years on and off, um, you know, he randomly found our podcast and started following us and follow him on Instagram and stuff. So it was very cool to meet Mike and, and, and be able to like meet somebody that listens to the podcast that we don't know personally, like just doesn't happen that often. Um, mostly cause we don't ever go anywhere. Um, True. but, All but a bit like meeting his friends and like hanging out, like was cool. And, the so the cantina was good. Um, but it, you know, I think we were all a little hesitant about it, walking into it after experiencing the charity lounge for two years. Um, and I mean, it it was there. And I think one of my favorite things about Wednesday night is that everything's a little quieter, There's not as much of a crowd. You know, it's your opportunity to like kind of sit in kind of a more intimate lounge like space and just hang out with fellow hobbyists. And that's basically what we did. Like we were at a table, you know. The drinks were what they were. The tickets were what they were. Um, Nova has come out and said that they were not super pleased with how the food offerings and drink offerings originally went out. But I'll leave that. If anybody's interested, just find the Nova Open newsletter. You can read about, you know, their thoughts on the cantina and the plans going forward. But um, but we were able to get drinks and cocktails were like basically ten bucks a pop, which is not awful in a hotel. Um, and that's what most of us were drinking, which is more fun anyway. Um, but you know, after getting settled, there were like two eight top tables in a room that were filled with hobbyists. And at, we were at one table with Mark and Markian and and Mike. And um, this is going to be the episode of not remembering people's names. Um, one of the heads at Table War, who oversees the Table War charity side of Table War, which was one of the biggest charities for the cantina. That, that was being funded by the cantina proceeds sat down at the table with us and introduced us to a card game called no thanks. Um, and it was a fun little bidding game dealing with numbers, but like that wasn't really what was important. What was important mm -hmm. was engaging with fellow hobbyists and just playing games that like had no consequence, but were fun and just getting those interactions in, you know, that we had all missed for years. So, yeah, I was pretty energized because we also went out and grabbed, you know, a quick bite to eat with them as well. And um, and to hear other people's story of why they got into the hobby and just what the hobby brings. And, and especially for me, because I am a game player. All I want to do is play games. I don't really I like to build models. It's fine. Don't like the paint, but I like to play. And, you know, the hobbyists that we were sitting with, like. They were, they're all painters. They're all painters. They don't really play. They're like, oh, that's like secondary. I play every once in a great while, right? And that was just cool to get their story, how they got into the hobby, um, and then have a couple drinks and and play No Thanks, which yeah. I was just, I was the best at. Like, it's so I, good. I de definitely lost every game. We you played. were almost as good at No Thanks as I am at that stupid real estate game. <laughs> <laughs> but. And then, I mean, to, to, to the credit of, of Pete Foley, so we've dropped his name a couple of times. He's the head of the design studio at Games Workshop. So, like, it's, it's I mean, he's he's up there in GW leadership when it comes to, you know, the product itself. I mean, he's very invested in the product being good, and 
he has shown in multiple occasions, and Trace and I will be able to talk about this when we discuss Thursday, like he and Mike Brandt are very invested in the community being a strong community, the community around the games being strong. Um, Mike Brandt, for anyone that doesn't know, is the current leader of events for Games Workshop, but he started Nova. He was the, the president of the Nova Open Charitable Foundation. He ran the Nova event through volunteers, but I mean, he was like the lead organizer for that. But now he's a GW employee. But they were just sitting at a table in the same room as us with six other hobbyists playing another card game called Cockroach Poker. Um, and it's just cool to see, like, at the end of the day, like, the vast majority of GW employees are just gamers and hobbyists. Like, that's mm-hmm. what they are. That's what they do. And to, to see them just interact well you know, with others and engage with others. Uh, it's just really cool to see. Um, but then, then we played cockroach poker. Um, so, so there's two games to put on your Amazon wish list. No, thanks. It's a card game bidding and numbers involved. And then cockroach poker, which is a game all about bluffing or not bluffing. It's just um, BS. Yeah. But if it works well for me. B- it's yeah. bold. If you've ever played BS, oh, gosh, oh make his make his life heck. Get the squeaky out. Oh, <laughs> make me edit that out. What a bunch of a holes. <laughs> yeah, it I, is BS, but but it, it, it's fun because I'm horrible at bidding games. Like I'm bad <laughs> at poker, like just general poker. And then this real estate game that we've played one time ever, I'm also I was horrible at. But this one. It was fine because I didn't have to try to win. I just had to make sure that I didn't lose because the way that the game works is there's everybody but one person wins. Mm-hmm. So there's one loser and everybody else wins. And so that was my whole goal was like, okay, do whatever it takes to make sure that I don't lose, which kind of worked out well for me. <laughs> Jason loves spiders. I uh, love spiders. I love stink bugs i love them all all of them all of them real good at this game too scorpions it's a fly it's a fly no it's not a fly it's a rat (laughs) no it was a lot of fun and you know again to play with people that you had just met is is a great time and um you know the lounge just makes sure that everyone is accessible and that's what i'll say like no matter who they are in the hobby whether they you know work for GW or they're a blogger, podcaster, a painter, or just a person that's at the convention, it it allows everyone to to be accessible and ha- have common conversations with someone that you've never met, um, and it always is the highlight of my Nova experience. And the Cantina, although different, did not disappoint. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it was good. So that wraps up Wednesday. Yeah, I think after that we crashed. We were at the cantina yes. pretty late. This may have been the earliest night for us. No. Nope. Whole... Not for me. Not for Danny and I. The earliest night. Oh, you guys were up late. We were up late. And because yeah, that's you the were other in the rooms. You were in the rooms early. Yeah, that's the but that's the other thing in Nova, right? For us at least, every yeah. year, every year we try to rotate roommates, right? So. I had, you know, roomed with Trace, roomed with Jared before. This time it was Danny. And Danny and I were up just shooting the BS, not playing spiders and cockroaches. 
but just talking, catching up while you're sitting in the same room. Cause again, although we hang out all the time to have un uninterrupted time is rare or we're not playing a game. So we were up to like, I don't know, three or four o'clock in the morning. Ugh. I roomed with a pumpkin. I roomed with a pumpkin. He went to sleep. sleep. I got plenty of sleep, yep. but I, I knew, I knew the hand that was dealt. We got into the room. Jared changed his clothes, brushed his teeth, did all of his things. Shithump. Got in the bed. Done. Turned on my ocean, ocean waves for sleep. He said, Album do you on. mind white noise? I said, no. I said, I will add some white noise of my own eventually. Um, and he went to sleep, and I just made sure that I didn't snore loud enough to keep him awake. Yeah. So <laughs> so I will say this, and because I, don't, I actually don't know that this has ever been said on the podcast. The reason that I have pumpkin time is that my body refuses to let me sleep past like 6 a.m. Like, it does not matter. I could go to bed at 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 4 a.m., 6.30 at the latest. My body's like, okay, oh, yeah. you're done. Absolute sleeping. latest. You're awake. Yeah. And and I, I just don't have a choice. Or like trips like this are just going to be miserable for me. Like I, I, I can function. <laughs> I could do like four or five hours of sleep like two nights in a week. But like if you ask me to try to get like two or three hours of sleep for like four days in a row. No. Just do it. I, I, I love can't. it. I love it because the reason I laugh so hard is because, you know, we are a podcast so people don't get to see us, but like pumpkin time, like Jared's facial expressions <laughs> at 12 o'clock, 1201, really it's 1201. He yeah. like just gets this, like, it is a glazed over look and then he stares I, through you. Yeah. And then what I noticed at Nova is it not, is it just this look that he gets, but it's also his face gets red, like his nose gets red, his eyes get red. So it's almost this orange hue. It really is pumpkin time. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really is pumpkin time. Yeah. So, uh, so on that, we'll uh, we'll take a break and we'll jump into Thursday. Yeah. 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 And welcome back. This is now Thursday morning. Thursday the first morning. day. First day of games for some of us, and a lot of buddy buddy time for others. Um, so Thunder Buddies was Thunder Buddies, and I will let's start with Jason because Jason, mine and Jared's experience are both the same. Um, so Jason, why don't we start with you, bud? What did you and Mister Danny do in your downtime on Thursday morning? Well, we all. We all kind of got up and got breakfast. I was up early with Jared getting breakfast. Yeah, isn't this where we discovered the place across the street? Isn't this? No, that was you you and Danny discovered it. You you guys discovered it. Trace and And I went to McDonald's. To McDonald's. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You sent the text like, "Hey, we're going to McDonald's," and Danny's like, "No, no, no, like we're not going to McDonald's." So uh, yeah, so we ventured out. it was early, like we got up, not early, not Jared early, but early enough that we could have reported to any game had we mm-hmm. wanted to. Um, and we ventured out, and like there's a really cool place right, right across. The, it is my type of place for when it comes to food. It's very much like a bodega slash diner style of of um, just quick grill food. So we went over there for for breakfast, you know, had a, had a nice omelet and, you know. The Capital Bowl. 
Yes, the Capital Crystal Bowl, right? The Crystal Bowl. Yep. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Crystal and, Bowl. Um, more importantly for me, support, supporting a local business because yep. I like to do that whenever possible. Um, three fine ladies working there that took care of us all week. So we found that, had a great breakfast. Um, and then we ventured to the board game room. So we had met Bridget the night before. She kind of runs the board game room, or at least is there a lot. So we said we would venture down there. And we were looking to join in on Kingdom Death. And uh, so they had a Kingdom Death demo going on. There happened to be space. Uh, and I can't remember. There was a gentleman. We played laser tag with him the next day that kind of like moved aside so Danny and I could get in there. Um, we met Gary and John. I believe I got those names right. They were our... Um, they were a part of our team because the Kingdom Death, Party members. Those, yes, we're, that are not familiar, is a cooperative game where you play against monsters in this realm. And it's kind of RPG, kind of board game. And it was a blast because of Gary and John. Like, I was laughing. I was having a great time. Um, I will say that the organizer... It was his first, it was literally his first game. He's like, we're starting this campaign. You could tell he was nervous because this was going to last all five days. Um, so he may have been a little too rigid for me because let's face it, if anyone has played an RPG with me, I cannot get serious about RPGs. Like I play them, they're fine, but I just role playing is not my, my shtick. Um, but the game was really, really cool. It was, you can play it by yourself. So there's a mechanic where all of the enemies kind of work on that. We're going to do X, Y, and Z. There's a deck that they flip over to tell you what they're going to do. And then you have your character who literally has a rock. That's all you start with is this rock. And there's four of you and you have to beat this huge tiger that has like hands and it's a tiger or a lion, but it's, it's a lion but it's like a human lion thing. Very, very cool. The mechanics were awesome. Had a ton of fun playing it. Um, you know, I got to cover myself in poop. Um, so the tiger couldn't smell me. We then like after you beat the tiger and oh, I also <laughs> the best part about fighting the tiger is I got my leg ripped off and like my my femoral artery was severed and I bled out on the battlefield. Oh, but that's OK. It just bit me in half. It's I loved it. It was super fun. Just um, a flesh wound. It was just a flesh wound. Like Malarkey was my name. He I died a terrible, tragic death. But uh <laughs> but Danny was the lion slayer, so he slayed the lion. Um you know, the other two characters, they survived. And then the game has like a whole other part to it, right? Like you start to build this um this community and you can raise children and you can uh, invest your resources into kind of teching up. Um, you draw some cards and you get, you know, loot or whatever. And we got, we got like all this stuff, like eyeballs and raw and hide and, and I don't poop. Like we cut off the lion's balls. And that was one of the things that we got, like, I'm not making this up. So we had lion balls and poop and, and hide. We were able to make a full armor set. So we put that on John's character and, um, and then Danny had the stone. I kind of like became a melee person that would kind of try to distract and then hide with the poop. Um, and then we, we met crazy Terry. So when you kind of go through the settlement building, 
you have other people. So we had like 13 additional survivors that were in our settlement and we selected this lady to go out and uh, fight a storm and she was crazy and the role made it so that crazy Terry learned how to make huts. So we were able to build buildings and do all this other stuff. It was really cool. Um, and then we fought the tiger again. Like we went on another adventure, found another tiger and now the, or I'm sorry, I keep calling it a tiger, the lion, but now it's not the introductory lion. Now it's lion level one. Uh, and I attacked the lion eight times. I think all I did was poke it in its brown eye. That's about all I did. Cause there was benefits of attacking it from behind, but I did not do any wounds. Luckily the lion slayer was with me able to take it down. And the cool thing was, is those characters went on to be in the next demo, like four of the people filled in. And I'm sure that the gentleman had a fantastic time. Uh, and again, I do want to thank our co-partners in that game because if it wasn't for them, I was getting a little frustrated because some of the mechanics were just not being explained or I wasn't grasping them the way that I needed to, but they made me laugh through the entire time. So we walked away there just having a fantastic time in the board game room. Wish I could have made it back. We did not throughout the day um, just because of other stuff that was going on, but well worth the couple hours that we spend down there playing kingdom death. And if anyone wants to play kingdom death, sign me up. I'm not buying it because it's like super expensive and really hard to get <laughs> all the pieces to it. But it is a really fun cooperative game because everyone loves. I love it when I, I I died. I wasn't good at it and I died. These are all the things that link and hook me in. So boxes checked. Yep. <laughs> boxes checked. Jason got killed, and he didn't get to kill the thing. So now challenge said, accepted. Hook, line, and sinker, baby. There you go. And not to mention the models in that game are really they're really unique. Um, like all of the monsters are very like over the top. Yeah, over the top. So if you if you haven't seen those things, which a lot of the people in the gaming community have seen them, they're they're really gorgeous and weird at the same time. Did you guys get into anything else, Jason? So we did, but then we broke and we went to go find out what the hell you two hooligans were going because when we left you in the morning, like you hadn't started yet, and now it's like almost dinner time and you're still not done. Um but we'll talk about that when you guys fully digest what you guys were doing. So we headed back to that hall again, um, and I got to play Battletech. So um, Justin oh, was cool. there. Danny and, Danny and I sat down and played, I believe, uh, the it's Alpha Strike. So it's kind of like Battletech Lite. Um, really cool D6 mechanic in that game because I've never – last time I've played Battletech was 1996. Nope, 19, even earlier than that. Oh my goodness, it might have been the 80s because I was in grade school. Holy cow. Yeah, it was probably like 1990, 1991. Like I remember going to a comic book store and buying Battletech because it had cool plastic figures and I was not even in middle school yet. Um, so it was definitely young. Um, so it was cool to get that game to see the D6 in action and how you kind of build your hit modifiers and what your weapons do and how your movement modifies all of that. Really cool game. We played through like a turn and a half of that, and then Jimmy and Gerard showed up. So we decided to to hang out with them and figure out what was, go what was going on with them. And uh, we went to a Irish pub around the corner um, and just kind of we met up with Captain Mur Murder Derek there as well and 
we started to uh, socialize. That's what we'll call it, socialize. Nice. As Danny put it, it's the first time he's ever seen me drink a drink, not at the Nova Cantina, in the 10 years we've been friends. Wow. Yeah. This is the event that that happens, though. So that's <laughs> true, yep. Yeah. So that leads us up to kind of dinner time uh, for me. This whole yeah. time, what are you guys doing? So we're playing some Age of Sigmar. Yeah, you got started bright and early, huh? Well, it would have been nice to get started bright and early. But there were some complications with BCP. Um, Naturally. With, with our event, as all large events seem to do. Um, BCP is great. I mean, but anytime you stress it with well over 200 people at a time, it's going to be... It's going to be kind of interesting. Um, so Jared and I got up and we went across the street of death to get McDonald's first thing in the morning. We made it back safely. All of our appendages still attached and got our stuff and went to the Renaissance, which is where all the Age of Sigmar events were being held. And um, Jared, you had you had gone to do something, I think, and I had gone to check us both in, but they needed both of us there, and it's the first time that they had actually done it this way, where both parties had to be in BCP and logged in and all this other stuff. So there was some complications there to get that going, but after about probably a 30-minute delay in start time, we actually got started, um, and we faced off our first opponent was a night haunt player and a skaven player yep. mixed together so this was matthew um, and alex matthew and alex yep and very good night haunt player his list was basically half of his gt list um and it showed yeah it was uh it was, <laughs> it was pretty gross um but that but as but i've come to find from talking to several folks at the events that played in competitive age of sigmar the next day that night haunt posed that same problem for a lot of those people that they played against um and what what kind of happened with us and the way that their army worked was they had a very strong shooting component and a couple screens of rats well they only had one screen of rats because the the Storm Fiends were actually considered battle line in their army. So a big unit of six Storm Fiends, a Warplock Bond, a Warclock, a Warplock Bombardier, and a Gracier, uh, where there was one player's army. And then the other army was two units of Blade Geist Revenant or Blade Geist Revenants. Um, one big block of 20 of them, I think, and then a unit of 10. Yep. And then all the supporting cast for those so there was yeah. all the different the the chain rasps not the chain rasps the um chain geists the chain geists and the guardian of souls and two spirit torments that's right um and so basically the synergy there was the night haunt player was very aggressive and pushed out into territory because a lot of the night haunt have this stacking debuff that they can do each time that they make a charge um blade geist revenants have a nasty ability that come that combos really well with those new mechanics of the night haunt of adding either debuffs of like minus one to your armor save rolls or also 
fighting last if they roll high enough on their charge range. And he rolled not under an eight on any of his charges. So yeah, was... all of our army had minuses to out the wazoo to save rolls and fighting last. And um, so it became a, a bloody affair really quickly. Yeah. Um, but we had, I mean, it was, we had fun. We had fun. We still pushed it to, to round four. I mean, it was yep. still a pretty close game up until round four. Um, and then they just kind of ran away with it because the, the number of charges and regenerating ghosts and stuff like that. I almost, we almost killed them, killed the big unit of Bladegeist Revenants, which would have really turned the tide for us if we had yep. managed to get them off the board. Um, but, you know, them's we the... Didn't. But we didn't. Them's the breaks. So game one was an L for us. Um, pretty solid L. Um, but we had fun and met some new people and got to see some of the shenanigans that other people were bringing. And that was a lot of fun for us. Jared, you want to talk us to game two? Yeah, so game two was against... Uh, the team name was Birds on Dinos. And so we were... I think that we were expecting Seraphon, but that... We were expecting Seraphon. wasn't the list at all. So it was... No. Uh, so Ogor Maw Tribes, heavy on the on the on the monsters, and uh Stormcast heavy on the Dracoliths. So they they had Paladins. the um there was they had two units of the um I'm gonna find it. I got it. The old Dracolith riders. The fulminators, two units. The fulminators, of fulminators. yep. The fulminators. Bastion, mm -hmm. Bastion Carthalos, yep. Yep. Three Vanguard Raptors. Mm-hmm. And that was the so that was the Stormcast list, and then the um, the Ogor Martrobs list was a Frost Lord on Stonehorn, uh, Stonehorn Beast Riders, a Mornfane Pack, and Frost Savers with the Great Mawpot. Uh, and so this uh, I referenced this in in our previous episode. Um, so Teresa, who was the uh, Ogor Martrobs player, ended up being the TO for Underworld. So. Um, so like, but we got, uh, I didn't, we didn't know that at the time, but, um, but you know, they were great opponents. I think that, um, in this one, it was a little closer we probably made some positioning mistakes that kept, us I know I did from, uh, from being able to pull the W out on this one, the train in the center was pretty packed. And when you've got one giant frost Lord on Stonehorn or Stonehorn beast riders, whichever one that was sitting in the middle of four impassable columns can't really get anything in there to try to take it down so at one point it was left to some more tech guard to try to take it down and i rolled i mean i tri so they had three attacks apiece and it was basically everybody so like 61 attacks went in and i did four damage by the time it was said and done so that five up board save on those stone horns man it makes a big difference yep so uh so and and that one went to time and I think it's because we were both on one loss going into it so we were not as yeah weird. like you know none of us is winning the whole shebang nope. at this point so we, we weren't really hurrying there were some breaks you know bathroom breaks drink breaks um, but they were great opponents both Justin and Teresa were super fun to play against um, had ton rolling buckets of dice you know all over the table. Um, as one does. Um, but that one was closer. Um, I think, you know, it was 14, nine by the time we ended. Um, mm -hmm. So a little closer, but you know, not super fantastic, but then, uh, but then 
that uh that leads us to game three. Mm-hmm. Um which was yeah. probably our it was our favorite game of the of the series. Oh, hundred um, percent. Yep. And played up against a little OBR mirror match. Yep. With Jared, a slightly different take on the OBR. Yeah. Um, and a lot of more tech guard. A lot of more tech guard. A lot. Yep. Um, many much more techs. And more spellcasting heavy than your list. Yep. Um. And then his name was Brandon, right? Brandon. Brandon. Yep. So it was Brandon and Lily that we met. Yep. Um, and Brandon was running the OBR, and Lily was running um, the new Sylvaneth, uh, which we got some pretty cool looks at some of their new shenanigans that they got in their book. Yeah. Um, they're very mobile, which yes, is they are. totally fitting for Wood Elves, so that was fun to see. Uh, this game went a little bit better for us because we had a lot more uh, uh, Galician veterans to choose from for the Bounty Hunters Battalion. Um, and um, just, you know, some better positioning on our part as well. It was a nice wide setup, which meant that yeah. three units of Blood Knights were able to kind of line up exactly where yeah. they wanted and they could kind of pick their targets as needed. But, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, th Did they were... Yeah, it was a fun game. We had a great time. Um, it was basically you playing against Lily for most of it. Brandon and yep. I would occasionally throw like a spell out or whatever. We're trying to like, you know, posture and jockey for position, trying to hold off looking at our battle tactics and our grand strategies. You know, like he doesn't want yeah. to push too early. I don't want to push too early. So we're just kind of standing there not doing a whole lot. Um, although I did some work against a, a, a tree lord. Tree lord, yep. Yep, yeah, he did so some work against the Tree Lord. After he smashed my Bone Tithe Nexus. He sure did. He did. I smashed his, though, so it's he okay. Yeah, it's it was fair. just revenge. It was, yeah, that's all fair. Um, uh, but they were they were excellent opponents. That ended up in a win for us, but, you know, we were just yeah. having fun at that point. Um, yeah. Not really a need to go into a lot of details about the game. We just really enjoyed them as, as opponents, and um, she had done a very good job of painting both of their armies. Um, and she actually, uh, ended up taking home a couple, like a little bit of hardware for some of her painting at the Capitol palette as well. So yep. good for you, Lily, if you're yeah. listening to this, um, well, and the bigger deal yeah, that, that they won favorite opponent. They did at, win favorite uh, opponent for the game. So, um, which so got them some cool, cool swag. They did it. Yeah, they got some some army boxes and they got the cool Age of Sigmar trophy, the hammer. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so that was yeah. fun. And then so I, yeah. I alluded earlier to the fact that Pete and Mike were in the cantina playing with other people. They played in the Age of Sigmar doubles as well. I'm not sure if they were meant to be the ringer or if Pete just kind of coaxed his Mike into playing the game for real. Uh, Mike had never played Age of Sigmar before, um, so this was his first ever game. They basically split a 2,000 point uh, uh, Orclans army. Orclans army. Orc, or, yeah. Yep, or, yeah, Orclans so, army. Yeah, so so or you know the death cabbages, the maw crushes, and some brutes, and I mean it looked like fun, and it, you know it seemed like that they were having a great time. But what was really cool was um, after winning the best opponent, we're sitting there for the awards and. 
Mike and Peter sitting behind Brandon and Lily. And like, I, you know, I recognize them and the TO thanks them for attending. And Lily's like, who, who is that? And I'm like, well, that is the lead designer. That's the, the head of the design studio for games workshop. And that is the head of the events department for games workshop. And she's like, oh, so I should introduce myself. I'm like, absolutely, you should. And then they ended up winning Best Opponent, which was the perfect end for them to introduce themselves. And, you know, at that point, like, they introduced themselves, and Mike and Pete were, like, fully engaged in, like, talking to them about their army and about their paint jobs. Um, Lily is a commissioned painter, so, like, she's just getting started, so she's looking to improve, like, the work that she does. Um, and so, you know, Pete kind of gave her some tips and, I think that they offloaded a ton of like uh, game aids that like GW branded game aids that they had brought for the game to mm -hmm. play that they just weren't going to use anymore. So I think they got some dice and like, yeah, some official warmer dice. I think they got a dice, a dice tray yeah, as well. Like the, and like a, an AOS scorecard for this season, like it's laminated mm -hmm. so you can dry a race on top of it. And I think it's oh, magnetic actually. Oh, even better. I think it's yeah, a so magnetic you one. Your little tokens around or whatever, but yep. But that was really cool, and it's just, you know, again, it just shows that, like, it, Nova is a great place for, like, everybody in the community, various communities, to come together and just hang out and gush over the hobby together. Um, so we ended up inviting them to dinner. Um, I have one more thing to add about the Nova yeah. doubles before. Yeah, add it. So my favorite moment, non, and not with none of our opponents was I looked back, because you mentioned Pete Foley and Mike Brandt playing, I look back, and Pete is nowhere to be found. And Mike is trying to run this AOS game basically by himself. And so I look back again, and it is Mike and Nick Nadavati playing Age of Sigmar. And it's not, <laughs> Pete's nowhere to be found. So Pete has convinced him to play Age of Sigmar, but Pete is nowhere around. Pete is doing Pete things with GW as he's supposed to be because he's working. But I found it hilarious that one of the top 40K players in the country, in the world, really, and Mike, also a 40K mind, are playing Age of Sigmar. And I'm like, they'll be fine just because I know Nick is a ridiculous gamer just at heart in general. Right. But it was just hilarious like they were talking through strategy and trying to figure out measurements and stuff and i was like these two have never played this game in their life yeah, and they've just been abandoned and this isn't game two that, I, that this happened and i just thought it was hilarious and i was like mike did pete just leave you and he was like yeah man <laughs> like he just left me That's so awesome. but I yeah into, so i ran into pete and i asked him and he's like oh i'm just the coach now because he had on a blazer he like he looked like a soccer coach he's like i'm just the coach mm -hmm. oh that's yep. funny he'll be fine <laughs> Yeah. Yep. So awesome. at, at one point it was Nick Nadavati and Mike, and I just thought that that was hilarious that neither one of them who really are into Age of Sigmar are playing Age of Sigmar in a doubles tournament. Yeah, that's perfect. So then we went to dinner. We did invite Lily and Brandon to come to dinner. Yep. Um, I also ran into Oscar Lars at some point, who I took a painting class with, and we kind of become fairly good friends with over yeah. over the Facebook and uh, Twitter. Invited him to dinner, but he had already had plans. So now our 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 lives have now joined, and we're all together at this point because we're all going to dinner. And where did we go, Jason? We went back to that Irish pub. We nice. went right right back there. All the same people. 
Um, I did forget to mention too, while we were at the Irish pub the first time with, with Danny uh, and Jimmy Gerard and Derek, we ran into bike Mark beyond like there as well. So, nice. you know, they were there. We <laughs> World's had collide. drinks there. Um, and then, yeah, so we all go back to the Irish pub. We've now, um, we've got John Wynn Reese joined the group. Yep. Um, another gentleman that I, I think his name was Chris. His Chris. Chris. Yep. Yep. He was the one running the kill team event for Nova. Yep. He was an events coordinator for that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. And then we have, we picked up a mon along the way as well. So we just got, I don't know, there was like 10 of us going to this restaurant and, and Derek, yep. Derek came back. Yep. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was good. It was good and night. Uh, Jimmy and Gerard did, did bail. They had other dinner arrangements, so they did not come to dinner, but we ran into them later in the night and, uh, yeah, it was, it was good. Like that. I liked that restaurant as well. Like, yeah. That was that a was fun good. time. Yeah. And it, it was funny too, because, you know, I don't, I don't know who was doing it. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to put the blame in Jason's lap, but it felt like there was some troll conversation happening at one end of the table. Uh, you know, Jason's just laying some, I don't know. Wait, what do you mean? Just throwing, throwing, just casting it out there and seeing. So social taboo topics, yes. just dropping them right on the table and then not engaging in the conversation and watching everyone else engage. Not, in the conversation. Not at all. Danny at one point just blew up. Like Danny exploded. He, he contained himself and then not, but you know, that's for anyone that, that has met me in person. It's kind of my, I have this talent just asking a question. He's like the Joker. Away. Yeah. He's like the Joker. All yep. he needs is a little push. That's right. That's <laughs> how that goes. And then on our end of the table, we're just talking about painting and hobbying and, yeah, Lily and, is showing her pictures, and Trace is showing his pictures, and I'm showing my pictures, and talking about well, how long did it take you to paint this, and you know what's your mindset, and how did you get that color, and so you know every type of conversation that you could want to have at Adova is there. It's right. And then in, and then in the middle you had Derek, who's Canadian, and you had John Winreese, who's British, British, and they were discussing all of the menu items on on the on the pub's menu and john's just like everything's fried all the things are fried here and i was like yep welcome to america yep america um so. but yeah it was it was a good night good a good first like actual game day night um went back to the went back to the uh to the um cantina we did, yeah. Continued to have some libations and played some cards and... against humanity. Yes, definitely. Well, some of you did. Yeah, I did not. <laughs> you you were stuck at another table. I was stuck at another table. Yeah, that was an in interesting table. I will leave it at that. It, yeah, it, it dynamic changed quick. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. So we got like all right. So we finished dinner, and I will say just to provide a little more context, the conversation at my end of the table that I was stoking, you know, adding a little bit of air to that fire was more real world, like controversial topics, like politics, things that you don't talk about right. at like a work dinner were definitely addressed. Uh, politics and religion, cultural, religion, cultural differences, which mind you, I am intrigued by anything that I don't know. And the fact that we had people from other countries, we had people of other religions, this is my, like, I, this is my wheelhouse. I, cause I truly genuinely want to learn. 
These are so many things that I don't know about people. And it was a fantastic con conversation. It was great. It was yeah. wonderful. Yeah. And, and, and you can say something about yourself, but I will, I will echo this is if, if Jason is ever asking you a question about yourself, your life, your beliefs, your worldview, your whatever, your job, whatever it is, he is genuinely interested. He's not trying to like pick on you or judge you or like make you feel less than like he genuinely wants to know like it's genuine curiosity like unabashed childlike judgment-free curiosity so if you ever have that chance to have that conversation with jason and he's asking maybe like a deeper question or a probing question he's not looking for fuel he's not looking to undermine you like it's genuine interest in who you are so after those barriers have been broken down though then he trolls you Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then I will troll you. Yeah, once he knows everything, then he's then he has all of the fuel <laughs> that he needs to troll you. That's right. Um, so. But it was great. So then we hand, head back to the cantina. And Trace, we'll get to your table in a second. But <laughs> Jer- Jared and I walked down the hallway and ran into the group from the night yeah, before and played my... a couple um, Cards Against Humanity, which uh, I think was... Mar- Mark was the one that was. Mark was just, just cleaning house. Him. Yeah. Cleaning house. Yep. His mind is dirty. Dirty, yeah. dirty mind. So that was fun. And then I, I I can only take so much cards against humanity because yeah. it's like just one of those games. So then I walk back and Trace is sitting at this table. And all I know is there was a I lady. I was abandoned. I got lady. abandoned. <laughs> I was trying to be nice and I was hanging out with Brandon and Lily because we had just come back from dinner with them and they went to the dance floor. I came back, things changed. <laughs> things changed. We were talking about Starbuck and Battlestar Galactica, and the F-bomb was being dropped way too much. And motions and just, I don't know. There was a drunk guy, like this dude like could like barely keep his head up. I don't know what was going on, but it was at one point there fantastic. was arm wrestling. Oh, there was yeah. arm wrestling. There was arm wrestling. I don't know what happened. I had a, at that point I had already gotten up. I had gotten up from the table at that point because once they came back, I was like, okay, distraction time. I'm leaving. I'm going to get a drink. <laughs> Ninja smoke. Yeah, yeah. Then you left me sitting there. I'm like, oh my god. I was like, how do uh, you feel now? How's uh, it feel now? Um, but you know. There's interesting personalities everywhere you go at a, at a convention. And so yeah. it was just fun to see um, how passionate people can be about a, a, a wide array of topics in yeah. a span of three minutes. Like the number of times the topics changed changed within three minutes was astounding. <laughs> Don't even know what's going on. Yeah. It was wild to me. And I, and I think shortly after you got up to get a drink, it was at that point that Jason – Lily, Brandon, and I, we kind of scooted our chairs back, I don't know, maybe eight inches from where they were at the table. Kind of try to separate ourselves, and then we started talking more about painting, and Jason loves commission painters, and so he was, you know, again, showing that genuine interest in what it was that Lily was working on and stuff. So just a great conversation there. Yep. Yeah, yep. I, lo- I do love me some commission artists and understanding their business. So it was good times. Yep. So we finished our libations, finished the conversations we had, and 
took Jared to pumpkin time. Yep, I properly pumpkined. I think Jared, Jason and Danny probably had another late night just talking and hanging out. Mm-hmm. Most definitely did. Another At this point, and I don't even remember what started the conversation on day two, but we get back to the room, getting ready for bed, and going into Friday, like, we have the Underworlds. Like, this is now I'm going to actually play games. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to bed. And Danny said something, and in true Jason fashion, we got to talking, and it was, again, 3.30 in the morning. Oh I'm gosh. like, I'm like, I need to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then also in true Jason fashion, we were mid Like I said, oh, I really need to get to bed, and I was tired. And um, in my, if anyone has ever hung out at night, like, I fell asleep while we were talking. Like, it was like, oh, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. It's, it's, uh, it's over. I've shut yeah. down. That's awesome. <laughs> Cool. Well, that's, yep. that's that's a wrap on day two. Day Gosh. day two. Yep. Day two. Cool. So we'll take a break. Come back with Friday. Friday is upon us, and we're back to playing games. So Friday morning, I think we all go and get breakfast together at the spot. Um, Jared and I have to head out and play underworlds danny sleeps till 11 o'clock like just so everyone is aware like i was up ready to go danny's done (laughs) um so if you want to check out what jared and i did during the day for underworlds please check the previous episode because we went over it in detail but trace you now have a day all to yourself what after breakfast what do you do i got my pom-poms out I went around. I went around and I just checked on people at events and just kind of walked through the halls. I had a nice, just relaxing day of just walking around the halls and seeing the sights and sounds of Nova. Um, I escorted Jason and Jared to their Underworlds event, gave them both a blessing and a kiss on the head, and told them goodbye and best of luck and may all the crits be rolled. Um, and I was and then, sad when you left because you should have played. Yeah. Tear. Yeah, I'm tear. sorry. Look at that tiered ball. I'm sorry. Maybe maybe soon I'll 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 jump back in pretty hardcore. Um but it was just nice to have a day just to kind of go around and do some. Don't you tease me. I, I like to I like to every now and then. Um so drop them off, drop the kids off at school. They had a fun time, I'm sure. Lots of dice were rolled. Um, and I came back and checked on them periodically throughout the day just to kind of check up and see how scores were doing. But I had some other people that I, I had met at the convention before that I wanted to go see. And then I also knew that there was some folks that were coming into town that we that are local that we've been playing with recently. Um, Courtney Goodwin. And then also Eddie uh, was coming up to town are coming up to the event as well. So just tried to try and connect with them. Uh, found Courtney in the hall a little later in the day. I didn't see him initially, um, but he was playing in the Age of Sigmar Grand Tournament. Um, but I did run into Oscar Lars, who I had talked to previously the night before, and we hung out and talked about painting and commission painting and how his job's going and all this other stuff. And it was just nice to catch up with him. So shout out to Oscar. Um, you know, he was, he's just a really nice 
down to earth guy to talk to. If you ever get a chance to talk to him, he's got a lot of painting knowledge and he'll share it with you. Um, he has a great YouTube channel um, that he shares some tutorials on, but if anything, follow his Twitter because his Twitter is all the minis all the time because he's a commissioned painter and does some really nice stuff for himself as well. So it was nice to get to sit down and talk with him. And we started talking about Marvel crisis protocol and he was like, Oh, I'd love to get a game in this weekend. Unfortunately, we never really got to that game, even though I wish we could have uh, schedules just didn't align after that day. Um, so basically that's what I did. And then I walked through the vendor hall uh, for quite a while and just kind of perused all the different stuff. Cause it was, it's nice to kind of just take your time and look through some of those things when you have the chance to, um, you know, it's those, that's the time that I usually try and find to find something for my family at an event. Right. Um, I did find something pretty awesome. My son absolutely loves axolotls, um, the animal axolotls and so much so that he has a t-shirt that says I axolotl questions <laughs> and it's very true of him he actually wore he wore it today to you know today is the 12th of September or 12th of uh yeah September you got it um all day long, um, all day long. <laughs> my brain was trying to switch November and September for whatever reason um he wore it today to his trackout camp but I found the coolest gift specifically for him. Like the fact that it was even there was amazing. There was a, a vendor set up in the vendor hall that had, that was just 3D printers running constantly. Like th those things did not stop the entire time. You'd even walk down during the middle of the night, you could hear boo, 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 and hear, hear him moving. It was awesome. So look in these bins and there is a 3D printed movable axolotl. And I'm like, I have to purchase this for my son. It was 30 bones, but it was worth every bit of it. And then um, went up to the Nova Open Store and got a wine, a stemless wine tumbler for my wife. Because um, I usually get her some kind of Nova swag just to show that I'm thinking about her while we're gone. Um, and then I made it back over to the Age of Sigmar Hall, found Courtney. Uh, checked in with him. Also, Anna. Anna is his significant other, and she comes to play with us quite a bit, too. Um, and she was doing... She had not won a game yet, but she was having a lot of fun. She was learning a lot. She was playing Gloom Spike Gits, and he was playing um, Gargants, um, Sons of Behemoth. And his first game was a win, and then he was getting ready to set up for game two, which was also against Giants. So it was Giant v. Giant that day. Um, and he was having a good day. And then Eddie told us that he was there, and I actually ran into Eddie at the vendor hall. And I said, I thought you were playing in the Age of Sigmar tournament. And he was like, he had a box with him. It was a shoebox. And he said, no, nah, man. He opened up his box and there was all of his models and they were kind of half painted. And he's like, I didn't have time to paint. I didn't get a chance to finish them all. So I'm just kind of chilling and hanging out and enjoying my time. I said, that's, that's all good, man. Just, you know, I'm glad you're here. Glad you made it out. You know, you get to experience it. And I saw him kind of be bopping around to the vendor halls as well. Um, 
And that was pretty much my day. Came back, finally wrapped up the day at the Underworlds event with you guys just to just in time to see Gerard clinch it for those who uh, have already listened to the previous episode and spoilers for those who haven't. Um, you know, it was it was interesting. Talked to Teresa for a little while about just all things gaming, how the day had gone, so on and so forth. Uh, started drinks early, and then we're all back together. So what did we do at that point? Well, as we said in the other episode, we all hung around and waited for Jared to finish a bonus game of Underworlds. Um, and then as we're sitting there, like waiting for that game to finish up it's you know we're look thinking about dinner right i'm starting to stumble over my words but we're thinking about dinner and i look down and because i was the one that bought this ticket for our team i get this notification like hey you have under uh, underworlds you have kill team laser tag tonight and i'm like oh what time's that oh we have to be there at 7 30 the event started at 8 we were supposed to be there at 7 30 um and there's only one problem because, you know, Danny and his sleeping in and then venturing around, he went to meet up with his uh, with a friend from online, like one of his uh, war, uh, World of Warcraft guild members. Like he, they were out to eat dinner. Um, sorry, yeah, the, it was his guild leader. Oh, his guild leader. Yeah, his guild yeah. leader was he met with his guild leader. So I text him. I go, oh, hey, we have this uh, tournament for laser tag that's starting in about an hour. Where are you? And he's like, I just got to the restaurant. So Danny's not coming. And now I'm like, oh no, we are we are a team of four that is three. Um, you know, we asked Jimmy, we ask Gerard, we ask him on. And um I think Jimmy would have, right? But Jimmy just just uh couldn't dedicate it. Amon's like, How long's it gonna be? And I'm like, Well, it starts at eight and it goes till midnight. And he's like, Oh. I am not signing up for four hours of laser tag. So, you know, all the people in the room are no. And then I remember that Eddie is here. And this is, so another trait of mine is I send really good text messages. So the best, the best. So Eddie's, I'm like, Eddie's a part of our group. He plays with us locally. I'm like, all right, yes, I'm going to ask Eddie. So I text Eddie, would you like to play kill team question mark? And in hindsight, they he probably thought I meant kill team the tabletop game because instantly he was like yes and then I was like oh um well great we're heading over to the to the hall now because it starts at eight o'clock and by the way when I say kill team I meant laser tag and Eddie's still like yes so Eddie comes running down uh we all get there we're we're early you know because it didn't start till eight um, you did not have to be there till eight to register, but whatever. We get there a couple minutes early. Everything's fine. We're set, ready to go. Eddie shows up and he's like, okay, what are we doing? I go, oh, by the way, it's till midnight. <laughs> you can just see Eddie's face. He's like, oh, oh, you didn't tell me that in your text message, <laughs> but he's down. He's down. And, uh, you know, we're registered. We're other teams. I think in total, there was 11 or 12 teams that signed up for this, uh, four round kill team tournament. Um, of Kill Team Live, and uh, we started to 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 partake in that. So we recruited Eddie. Our team is set. We're ready to go. Um, Don and Mark, I think, show up and make another team. Some of the Nova Convention 
volunteers make another team. We watched the briefing, which is awesome because it's got what's his face, the Warhammer voice guy. J- so, James Workshop. James Workshop. Yep, it was fantastic. Mike Brandt is obviously like a big um, supporter of the Kill Team live and Kill Team because he helped design Kill Team. So he comes down and gives his little speech. We are set, ready to go. And gentlemen, then the fun started. Round one is just a seating round. So basically they walk you into the the hall. They kind of show you what this game's all about. Um, First off, it's very cold in there, which felt fantastic. Thank goodness the air conditioning was at set like sub-zero. Yes, it was awesome. (laughs) And the whole premise of the game is there's 4v4 and it's domination. There are three objectives out in the room. You have to hold those objectives for longer than your opponent. It doesn't matter, like, you know, uh, if you only hold... You have to hold two longer than them. Just how long in time do you hold them? Yep. Um, so, I don't... I think we just... So, I I think for the seed round, I just picked the orc guns because we were standing in front of the orc guns. I don't even remember what, what happened. I know that we played against um, the team that had everyone was dressed up like a commissar. Um, well, there was only one commissar. No, nope, they were the all dressed up. They were all dressed up like commissars. In my mind, they're all commissars. Only one had the hat. <laughs> um, and we go in, and how did our first game go, Trace? How- so good. <laughs> it was epic. An epic fail, that is. It was so bad. Um, I twisted my knee. Got caught on some ghillie net. With my orc shooter, it was it was so good. We had no idea how the game was played. No, because no. even though James Workshop very clearly told us, yep, it, in the gamer mind, we must control all the objectives all the time. Yes. yes. Um, and so that that kind of shot us in the foot, the proverbial foot, and um, yeah, didn't go well. I mean, we didn't do bad. No, we didn't do bad. We lost. I we felt still like held we got objectives. stomped. I felt like we got stomped, but in all reality, I, we were like the the top bottom, the top loser seed. So we didn't right. do terrible. No, we 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 didn't do. We were kind of middle of the pack when we when all when all was said and done. We were bottom middle pack, um, but we did learn some valuable information about oh, the yeah. technology we were we working did. with in that. Yeah. We did, yeah. So we discovered that. The orcs have slightly, slightly higher health point pool, so they can take a couple more hits. Yeah, we also so, learned that the orc shooter has a how many second reload, Jared? Seven seconds. It is a full seven seconds to reload. So I think before we get into any more, I think it's important to note that the company that put together this Kill Team Live set, like the taggers are the same like core technology that like spec ops uses to do yeah, their special training. forces used to yeah. do their training. So missions. like, yeah. So like, this is like top quality gear and it was cool because normally you play laser tag. You've got your, you know, you've got your vest and your gun and you get, you know, you, you get hit three times and you're out, whatever game over, go back, respawn, whatever the case is, but it's actually geared to work 
so that like the Imperial plays like Imperials and the Orc play like Orcs. So the Imperials, the last guns can shoot on either like semi-auto or full auto. They're super fast reload. So my Call of Duty style equated it to Call of Duty, right? Like you get your kill, you hit the reload button. Who cares that you just threw a 75% charged pack on the ground virtually? Doesn't matter. You got a you know half second reload or whatever. Uh, but you only have I think like 20 hit points or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and your gun does you all have and, and your gun does like three damage per hit or something. I don't know. It was less than the orcs though. Yeah, the and then orcs the orcs have hard. 30 hit points, and I think that their guns did like seven damage a hit or something. So like. Three hits. And also full auto. And full auto all the time, every all day. All the time. More all DACA. Time. More DACA. So, like, three hits from an orc gun kills an Imperial soldier. And so we so we, so we, we had figured out that, like, the technology was different. And, it, and at that point, it kind of helped inform our strategy of hold yeah. two. The, the <laughs> other thing, too, about the orc. So each orc gun was a little different. Like, sh- and Trace would select his gun. He'd always take the big shoot up. Yep. So Trace had five additional health points, didn't have to reload as much, yep. and um, dealt a little more damage. I always took like the little, the the smallest shooter, yep. and it would, it was two hits, and an Imperial scumball was dead. What was down? That's awesome. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and the other thing too about just the technology, like I think you did a great job of saying, like the, the this laser tag actually worked. It's the first yes. time I've ever played laser tag. It's true that it like it a hundred percent worked. Like there were sensors on the gun and on your person, and when you shot at someone, they actually got hit. Yep. Yeah. And then they they also told us they're like, please always keep two hands on your tagger at all times. We would rather you not break our five thousand dollar taggers <laughs> yeah yeah the, the, the waiver that we signed was not for us it was for the taggers it was for the equipment it was not for our safety they didn't yeah. care about my twisted knee nope oh they didn't care that i tripped and fell yeah. and only had one hand on the tagger but i was holding it above my head so I didn't break. <laughs> that's so. right <laughs> yeah so so seven second reloads that yeah. did us in on the seating round it, but once yeah, we figured right. that out Everything changed. Well, and the other thing that that I, because I'm an idiot and I'm really bad at games, is I didn't realize that you didn't have to continuously tag the objective. You just tag it once until it's your color, like tag it until it's your color, and then you don't have to tag it anymore unless it changes color. Then you can shoot Yumi's. Because I'm sitting there like behind the crate just being like pew, 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 shoot this thing for no reason. For no reason. Good times. Just wasting all your ammo. Yep. Making your accuracy percentage go down. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the, the the other thing that we learned too in that seating round is they encouraged you to go back into the arena, and and watch and really just cheer on to like to make that the setting feel more real. Like they were playing loud music, it felt very Warhammer. But the fact that we did have some Imperium players that were chanting Imperium, um propaganda as we'll yep. call it and then you had our band of misfits which were orcs other teams that just rallied around the orcs to scream wah and yell things um was fun and set the setting but we also learned a lot from just watching the other seating rounds too right right like we kind of learned how everything worked we saw what other people were doing and more importantly like the 
for me, the arena, when we were done with the senior rounds, I knew where the choke points were and where we were going yeah. and not just like milling around being like, Oh, there's someone shoot them. So they were see, scouting missions at that point at that yeah. mission. So it was a lot of fun. So we get to the senior round where we're pairing up because we were in the loser bracket. Um, but our next game, uh, we started off. So to pick the, whether we're orcs or umis, we have to play rock, paper, scissors. And I will tell you that this is the highlight of my convention. Winning games, losing games, it doesn't matter. But on a weekly, almost daily basis, Emma and I play rock, paper, scissors. It's just our thing. We like to do it. She's got a little game. And as proven throughout the weekend, I'm pretty good at a rock, paper, scissors. Pretty good at rock, paper, scissors. You're the best rock, paper, scissors player I've ever seen, Jason. <laughs> I I hold that dearly. My my daughter is very proud of me and my rock, paper, scissors. But so to go into the first round, I win rock, paper, scissors. And of course, we're going to take the orcs because we've kind of, we've got a plan now. And this is where the team really starts to gel. Trace and Jared, they get their shooters. They're going right. Jason and Eddie are going right up the center. I'm going to be that flex person to that goes either. Like I have to flex right. I come to the right with Trace and Jared. Jared flexes back into the metal. And Eddie's job is the whole left. And um, this was like a proud gamer moment. These gentlemen, we kicked ass that first game. Yeah, we we sure did. Um, I don't remember the full score, but pretty sure we held that one objective for like nine minutes. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And we rotated really well. And that's where this whole game started to take life for me is we were communicating. We rotated. It felt like we were a real ragtag misfit of orcs out there just shooting. Eddie didn't really like, I don't, I think Eddie might've died once holding down the left-hand side. Yeah. Eddie uh, did great. Yeah, he did. Um, so we won. We're now at, like, we've officially won one game of laser tag. Well, it was and this fantastic. is important because I don't know if we said this, but the, the seating round sets the bracket. And then from then on, it's single elimination. Yep. And during the briefing, they announced that the prize is a thousand dollars worth of prize support for the winning team. So no pressure, yep. no pressure, but single elimination for $250 dues a piece worth of prize support. Oh, it was big. And it was big. We uh, we functioned well that first game. We did. So we moved on um, to the next round. And then uh can't remember who we played. I think this was uh I think this was um Owen Best and Bridget who Yeah, we played the Nova, Nova the Nova team. In the semis. In the semis, right? Oh, that was the semis. That's right. I yeah, don't remember who we played in this round. I don't. I don't recall the first the first team. It doesn't really matter. But we were victorious handedly. Yeah. The second round in the semi. So we may get to the semifinals. And uh, Quarter, the, the, this is quarterfinals at this point. Is it? Yeah, we, we played, played five games. We, we played five games total. Oh, well. the seed. Yeah, we played the seed round and then four rounds. Look at it all just blurs together to me. I know, right? This <laughs> is bashing. Yep. <laughs> So we, um, so anyway, we get in the next game and because it wasn't to the, we played the Nova crew. That was close from what I was close. Yeah. yeah. So the next game we do kind of the same thing and it works out for us. Right. 
and we're staying there. We're encouraging everybody. We're, like we're really having a good time. Um, Eddie might have dropped the best line of the entire Nova co- convention, which I'll have to tell you in person because it was fantastic. But it involves a Imperial Aquila tattoo on someone's nether region, and uh, yeah, let's, and uh, let's keep it family friendly. Yeah, it was good. It was good stuff. I don't have a long enough hammer squeak. <laughs> All I know is that. That there was a comment, and I just love it. It was hilarious. Yeah. Like she's very committed. Um, so, so then we let's just we'll just kind of skip forward. We win the second game. We get to the quarterfinals against the Nova team, and uh, and they gave us a run for for our money, right? Yeah, well, um, almost close. We had to like fill a lot. We had to rotate a lot. Yeah, um, there's a lot of dying that round. There was I. I was really nervous and there was one objective on the left-hand side that we didn't control at all. Cause typically we had in the previous two games, we had gotten it up, up enough where we kind of like rotated over and just harassed that objective. Um, we did not this game. So it was like, it was really close. And they applied I, and, pressure really well. Yeah. We, they didn't, they didn't get distracted by the kill box that we kind of made on the right-hand side uh, with the three of us kind of shooting the same way. Um, so it was good. It was it was a lot of fun. Uh, we did squeak it out, and we defeated the the Nova Elite. Get out of here. Yep. So just to kind of a note on that particular team. So Owen Best is actually the person who is the head of the Nova Open now. Owen and Bridget are basically the people. Um, and that's who Mike Brandt kind of you know handed that off to so it was cool to get to play against them in the tournament just a little yep. side note there yep um and then from there I, I like all i know is we made it to the championship yep made it to the, the last game so we so we went up we're you know one game in we're definitely in prize support contention like we know that we're getting first or second yep. we're in the championship and uh, I was nervous as heck going into this round because the team um, that we were playing against was also the team of the gentleman who had walked us through Kingdom Death the day, day before. And again, I wish I could remember your name. I apologize. But they, us and them, we have che- we have cheered every Orc team on that we can imagine, right? Um, oh, actually, I do remember our semifinals. We so the semifinals. The so the the Imperials were our semifinals. That is right. Quarterfinals was the Nova team. Semifinals was the people that we got beat by in the seed round. There you go. Yeah. And I'm not going to do it. I really want to do it, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't Just move on. Do it. Just move on. So, so we 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 beat the Imperials, the Commissar, and his merry men have been dispatched yep and we move on to the finals which is the other team who heavily favored orcs throughout the entire laser tag tournament yep yeah beating the imperium was great we we secured an orc victory um thank you for jogging my memory uh we sent them packing very handedly mind you we 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 got revenge from our seed round um they could not break our defenses we filled that was probably our best game um and then so yeah so we go to the championship two orc teams they were great we hung out with them all night we none of us had any voices left from screaming 
But that was the most nervous I ever was at a game of rock, paper, scissors. Because I knew if we, at this point, if I lose, we have not played with those other damn guns all night long. No, nope, we, we have no, no idea, idea what they are. What what to do. Um, but luckily, Emma, it taught me well. And I knew as soon as I won rock, paper, scissors, our chances were good. Um, and it was a very close game. They pushed like three at a time on the right flank. So yeah, well, I was getting hammered that game. Wow. Oh, my God. They were definitely working it. But I also think that that is the game where we leverage the fact that orcs had the most hit points. Yeah. Yeah. The most because you could like legitimately run. So like when they would run is the wrong word. Walk briskly to this right side and you could take a hit on your way there. And when you got to whoever was on the objective, you could just murdelate them just yeah. literally full auto them and you would survive and they wouldn't. Um, and that I think helped us a lot, but yeah, that was the most I had to go back to spawn the yeah, entire yeah. night. I went back a yeah. ton, but there were several times where it was two on one and it would yes. be like mutual death. Like I would yep. kill two of them and then somebody coming in from behind would end up taking me down. But yeah. like if two of them are going back to respawn and only one of us is going to be back to respawn at a time, like the numbers are in our favor there. And I think that's because I would there would be cases where like they would be rushing three and I would just stand out in the middle, just full auto, like spraying and praying, <laughs> just soaking whatever they're shooting me with. And, you know, every now and again, I could hear the the tagger like give the the verbal kill. Kill. Yep. And I'm like, yep. OK, all right, we're making things work. Yep. Yeah, and I, I would always push that far right objective. So there was a crate with the objective on it. And since I had the most health points in the harder hitting gun, I would just go solo that particular crate. And they'd come three at a time. Oh my gosh, it was it was amazing. brutal. I'd kill I'd kill two of them, but then I'd get killed by that last guy and I would call out to Jared, got one on the objective, you need to get him. Yeah. And then then they would by that point they'd been respawned and then Jared's taking a two on one. It was it was wild. And then Jason would come up and rotate. It was it was a lot of fun. And the, the communication that last game was really, really good. Yeah. Like the call outs were great. I never yeah. stopped moving that round. Like I was constantly no. moving. Like I was never able to like camp and like hold something. Like I was always yeah. having to flex somewhere. Like they yeah. did a great job. And uh so I'm gonna call this out and Everybody that we've referenced in this episode, they're going to get a link in the show notes. But so a couple of the guys in this group are, are they have a, a, a podcast called Dice Like Ice. Um, mm -hmm. That was the name of their team. Um, and so um, just to give them a shout out. Um, so and we'll link to their podcast in the show notes as well. If you want to check them out there, uh, I think they're poly gamers like us. Um, Age of Sigmar, 40K, D&D. &D. So. Cool. But they were a lot of fun to play against, so. Yeah, it was, and it came down. I th I want to say like the separation was something like fourteen seconds or something like that. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was super close. close. It was super, super close. Um, I knew when I saw the board that we had controlled the two objectives objectives that we needed to. Um, so there was a little euphoria that kicked in, and again, like Eddie was great as well. Like he, a couple times they were able to sneak a shooter behind the left hand flank, and he filled in very nicely and kind of cleaned them up rather quickly. Um. And then because, Jared, you had flexed more to the center, I was able to flex more left and tag that other objective just to make them keep them honest, right? Like keep them having to go back and, and get that one objective. 
Um, but you know, in the pre in the preview part of it, when we were all getting set up, they said that they created this to act like actual kill team. And you know, not that I've played a ton of games of kill team. I've only got like three or four games of kill team under my belt, but I would say that they a hundred percent achieved that mm-hmm. this, it felt like Warhammer. It felt like each individual model was different or each individual player was different. Um, and it played a lot like the tabletop game, um, you know, and I was ecstatic that we took out the win. Like we in a physical competition. That's right. One, one, um, Kill Team Live, and then we were presented with our thousands of dollars of swag, um, which was fantastic. We all got a full set of Kill Team Octarius. Yep. Right? Like the big starter set with all the train and all the rule books and everything like that. Um, you know, some other some other groups uh, received Joy Toy, like single models, Joy Toy full packs of like four um and then the runners up got the smaller starter set of kill team um but because we had we just i just asked around so i was able to trade one of the imperial scum for an enjoy toy because that was on my shopping list and then you guys were able to upgrade your octarius's to something that was really cool for us because we already have octarius right like we yeah. have it right yep so what did you guys get and victor you want to go first war suits <laughs> joy toy and joy victor, toy tactical, and victor war tactical war suits this is a uh, i don't know what is it like 15 inches tall probably easily yeah. depends on if you have the cage open or not it's yeah it's the, it's the the new open body primaris dreadnought model but in giant action figure form and, and it's fully articulated and, and awesome, infinitely poseable. And yeah, yeah, it is taking a permanent place on my display cabinet, even though I don't play Imperium yep. <laughs> in anything. anything. Yeah, and it's it's too tall to fit in my display cabinet as I have it currently arranged. So it's currently sitting on an end table in my office. So. Yeah, it's so, sitting on top of my display cabinet right now. And if anyone is on the fence of Joy Toys, they're like, freaking awesome. They are... Don't don't do it because you're gonna go down a rabbit hole and <laughs> spend way more money than you need to. So before I worked in the industry I work now, I worked in the toy industry, um, you know, for a toy retail company, uh, and this is one of the best like action figure slash um, displayable characters that I've seen. The 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 war suit has so many points of articulation, but the really cool thing about this articulation is there's a little bit of force to it. So when you're moving its shoulders, it kind of clicks. When you're moving its wrist, it kind of clicks. Um, you know the arms twist. So you can in in the feet itself. So the feet rotate on the on the waist, on the knee, on the ankle, and then the toes on this dreadnought have the hard articulation. So you can really pose this thing however you want. It is and it'll stand up super, super cool. Um, just a, a great display piece. I'm so ecstatic that uh, you you guys were able to get it. And I have the smaller toy, like the smaller uh, Primaris Intercessors as well. And although 
their non-helmeted faces are a little bit derpy, like because of just the way that plastic works at that size scale. But the models themselves, the figures themselves, are just as impressive. Um, I've spent probably a week of just tinkering with them. Like I just set one up and change it, change all its little uh, configuration. So um, we were all able to get that. We were able to get Eddie Octarius, which he was looking at buying Kill Team anyway. So I think this was a great win. I agree. 100%. We have, we have all the big toothes and teethes. Uh, one of us may be inspiring to be a war boss. Don't know what one of us is going to get there, but I'll follow each and every one of you into battle and crump a good Yumi again. That is for Dom. Absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. It was, it, it, I would say that it's probably my favorite moment of the entire weekend was doing the kill team tournament. Oh yeah. Easily. Yeah. There's no question there. And then it was like 1230 and we're starving because we haven't eaten anything. So we go get dinner at a yep. sports bar. We get there right as the kitchen closes. We don't get back to the hotel room till like two. Yep. And this this day, I just went right to bed. I yep. turned in pumpkin time too. Yeah. And uh, that'll uh, that'll lead us into uh, to Saturday. Yep. Take a break. We'll be right back. And we're back, and it is Saturday morning at Nova. Uh, Jared has gotten not nearly enough sleep, um, but <laughs> I will say at this point in the in the con, um, the Lord of the Rings series on Amazon Prime has released. Um, what else am I watching? She-Hulk comes out on Thursdays. So, like, I have things to do in the morning when I wake up at 6 or earlier. Uh, waiting for Trace to stir so that I can actually get up and like take a shower and get dressed and all those things. So, you know, just watching stuff on my phone uh, while we get ready. Um, but this is the day that all four of us are playing in the same event together. So we're getting ready for MCP, getting our models together. We get ready. We go to the same spot for breakfast. Um, and then we start our day and we all flash back a little bit because the the room that was hosting MCP is the same room that hosted Underworlds for us, those previous Nova experiences. So, and, and the same end of the room as well. So, um, so we get in there, you know, we're kind of milling about, we're getting checking in and using the Longshanks uh, website, web app to, to check in and run everything. And which is very cool. It is very cool. It's it's very well done, and you know, Amon is is playing as well, and so we're able to like set ourselves as mutual friends so that we don't get paired in round one, which you know is cool because yep. it means that you know we get to play against new people, and and then then we let the dice decide after that. Um, but so we're getting set up, and you know, we get paired up, and 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 things start start running, and my first opponent. Um, so I'll just kick things off for round one is Ryan Janway, who's a North Carolina local. He lives uh, in Durham. So, you know, regularly plays at Atomic Empire. Um, and spoilers, he actually went on to win the whole thing. Um, yeah, so, uh, so you know, that, that round just went so bad for me. I think that the final <laughs> score was 19 to 4. Um, 
I'm learning the game. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think for this one, I took Storm as my leader. And, uh, yeah, I don't think it would have mattered. Ryan is a very good player. He's a, you know, great opponent to play against. Like, you know, was like, like super cordial, super amiable. But, like, I think it was one of those missions where you, you score three points if you hold two of the two of the secure objectives and he made that happen and then i was just never able to take them back so the game just ran away just ran away with it yeah then i could keep up so uh so it didn't go well for me but uh you know i'll take a 19-4 loss to the gentleman who eventually goes on to win the whole event mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so Trace. So my first opponent, um, I'm going to pull it up so I can just look at it. My first opponent in round one was a gentleman named Ryan E. Um, and he was running Wakanda. Um, with some splash characters thrown in. Um, and he ran Black Panther, Shuri, Winter Soldier, and Malekith. Seems, that seems, oh, there's the Malekith. That seems Wakanda enough. So, f- table, first table, you know, the, 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 the model we were all fearing to face. Game one, in my face. Here we go. So, I figured he's going to play Malekith. He does not, I mean, with the way the MPC, MCP works is you don't, you share your, your what you've picked for from your 10 models at the same time. So, I figured there was a good chance he was going to play Malekith. Um, so, I brought some things to hopefully try and deal with him. I brought Black Cat. Um, I, I was using Criminal Syndicate was my faction that I played throughout the tournament, and I used Shadowlands Daredevil with his handy dandy hand ninjas, um, Black Cat, and then I had Taskmaster, Juggernaut, and Bullseye. That was my list. We were playing 17 Threat, I believe. Yes, 17 Threat, and the mission that we ended up running was scrolls in the infinity formula and i this is my first like true competitive game of marvel crisis protocol so i'm still learning the ropes a little bit so i set up my juggernaut to try and offset his malekith who's on the right flank of the board and scrolls is three tokens across the middle of the board once you discover which one the scroll is, which is you, you roll a, a certain number of dice and you have to roll a crit to discover the scroll. Whoever claims a scroll then media moves short only and you just rack up the points as long as you can kind of keep away. So we both try for scrolls. I try for two scrolls. He tries for two scrolls and he ends up getting the scrolls with... Uh, Malekith puts them on Malekith and 
just kind of chills in the back for a turn to try and build up some points. And I never was really able to catch up. Um, did clear off Winter Soldier off of one objective. St I staggered Malekith one time to help help with uh, reducing his action economy. But in the end, it was a loss for my first game. But it was not a bad loss. Just one one or two other dice rolls, and it probably could have gone the other way. And my first loss was 17-11. So that was game one for me. Jason, how was your first game, my friend? Yeah, so I was a little nervous going into this. Uh, you know, I, like I said, in leading up to this, I only played with you guys. I don't really, or even now, I don't fully understand the, the pregame stuff as far as making sure that I select with the right crisis cards heck i don't even know what the blue and the red are like every game i was just like i'm gonna pick blue or i'm gonna pick red like i have no idea what they're called we just go and you know i don't want to make it sound like i didn't go in with the plan because jared and i definitely stayed up late one night and kind of went through the map layouts like hey this is the way i like to play this is what you should try to pick from where the the objectives go on the board so i definitely had a strategy going in and i knew I've always played Avengers. So anyone that's heard me talk about Marvel Crisis Protocol or seen me play, like I play true Avengers. Like there is no, there is no sprinkle character for Jason in his roster. Um, so I get to play Stu, which, you know, it's Stu is great. He comes to the table. I have no idea what's going on. He walks me through very like, okay, I'm going to pick this. You're going to pick that. I think if one thing to note for my, all of my four games is I did not win priority until my fourth game. And I will tell you in all the practice games, I typically lost priority as well. And I'm much, I'm much better at losing priority. I like to pick the, the threat level. And more importantly, I like to not have to put my models down on the map first. So he is playing X-Men. He's playing Colossus, Toad, Deadpool, Domino, and Rogue. Um, so thank you to all of you. I know how those figures work. So I'm like, okay, I got a strategy. And we're playing the mission. It is the the command mission uh, where you have um, three across the center and they're like councils and you have to either interact and game them or if there is a, another um, character like an enemy character by it you have to roll defense dice and roll a, a crit or hit or wild um to get it it is called i think it or is that no maybe that wasn't it i'm cosmic, trying to pull it up on cosmic invasion is what we played yeah you played legacy virus and cosmic invasion so you had five five virus tokens and three consoles, consoles. Yeah, three, yeah. Okay. three virus so I'm, tokens all right, i'm good and then you the legacy virus is where you gain a power, right? If you're holding it. No, that's the cosmic cubes. Legacy virus lets you remove a condition. Yep. And there are okay. three of them, so they were There's probably all. There were probably three the across opposite. and that's three right. up and down. They were the opposite way, and if you control all three of the legacy viruses, you gain eight points. You gain eight die. points. I got it and die, but you basically win and die. All right, now I fully remember. So. There, it was like a, a T a, uh, across the battlefield. So I deploy uh, Hawkeye, Black Widow, 
Winter Soldier like dead center because we have that one we have to pick up and then we have to get to the center, right? Um, my leader is Sam. I deploy him off to the right-hand side because he's moved long. Uh, and then because I place last, I wait to see what he's placed, and then I counter with Thor. So that is my roster. Thor goes on the left-hand side. Um, and this is, like, fairly new because I've only played Sam twice, but he did work. He did great work with for, you know, for me. And uh, he is only, almost starting to take over for regular cap because of the movement shenanigans that he can allow. So anyway, we start off game like turn one. He rushes Deadpool on the my right hand flank. He's got Colossus and Toad in the back. He brings Rogue dead center, and then he brings um, uh, Domino on the left hand flank to where Thor is. Uh, I move up with Clint, get one of the viruses, move Black Widow in with him. Um, but because of Rogue's movement, he's able to like basically secure the center and get two of the tokens right two of the deadly viruses um i send captain america off to the right hand flank with the move long to contest that but he also has deadpool over there um winter soldier kind of moves up in between them both so i can provide fire support to the center and to the right hand flank and then thor goes up and he's the only one that i really attack with right away um, oh, I think Clint may have shot arrows at Domino on the left-hand flank as well. Um, but but Thor is moving up, and he's going to attack Domino. I want to get in close. I know what she can do. I just want to get shots on her. Um, after the first turn, he's winning because he controls the councils, uh, and he's got two, two of the viruses. So I want to say it was like 5-1, to 4-1, to one, something along those lines. Like, I'm definitely paint, playing from behind. Um, and then I don't remember what turn it has. All I know is I ignored rogue like rogue is in the center. She's ready to beef everything up, but I'm just, I'm pushing her away from the center objective and making him have to like kind of move in or he does get a golf, a good Southern hospitality, but I'm literally just ignoring her and not giving her the energy. Um, and winter soldier gets a, um, what is his builder? Seven dice or eight dice on it, or not his builder? His uh, his, his like, red fury spender. Red fury is seven, seven dice. dice. Well, I roll seven dice. They're all hits with three crits. Oof. I roll the three crits, and I get two more hits. So Sweet. Deadpool was already uh, already dazed from Captain being over there fighting with him, and Winter Soldier just mops him up, and I secure the right hand flank. Uh, which is great because Captain America hasn't gone yet. So now I'm able to bring Captain America back into the center and then I'm ready to fight rogue. We're able to, to daze rogue on the other side with Thor, Thor just punks Domino. Uh, he has to, he has to run Colossus over there to help. I'm sorry, but Colossus falls as well. And then by turn three, the game just shifted. I ended up by winning 18, 18 to 13 um, was a great game. He definitely tried to run away with Toad at the end to secure some points, um, but dice were definitely in my side, and turning both flanks was just was nice because then I could just deal with Rogue with whatever I had to in the center. Um, and Black Widow is a lot cooler than what, she, what I thought she was. So, um, And then I really leveraged the hook shot with Clint, which is something else that you guys taught me to do. So 
I felt good. I had my one win. My day was done. Like I, I have now yeah. secured victory. I don't care what happens the rest of the day. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. So going into round two, you know, uh, I am on a loss uh, and a pretty big one. I think I'm literally at the bottom of the table at this point with a 15 point deficit in that game. Um, so I get paired with uh, Jonathan Doyon, who um, is playing Shield. So Brennan Nick Fury is his leader. Um, so I, and I was wrong. Actually, in my first game, I used X Force with Cable as my leader. Um, in this game, I used X Men with Storm as my leader. Um, and I went fairly wide. So I think I had Storm and Rogue, Deadpool, Magic, X23, and Honey Badger. Um, so we had the Montessi formula and the Infinity formula. Um, so Montessi formula, you gotta um, pick up books. And Infinity Formula, you got to hold the formula tokens um, and you get power. Theorem. Um, so in this one, uh, I think I misdeployed. So I got I lost priority. So I could have chosen the table edge. And I think I chose the wrong one. There was a big building in the middle and the objective was right on the other side of it. And that just made it harder for me to get to it. Um, but it was cool. Like I had never played against the shield agents before. And like when they drop tokens, they get to place it instead of you. So he was able to leverage that really well. Um, and so one of the things that I'll say, and we've talked about this before, you know, off the podcast is that the community, the MCP community is very vocal about playing with intent. So like every movement, every activation, you know, when somebody moves a model, they're saying, okay, my intent is to be within one of the objective and outside of two of whatever this thing is, or within one of the objective, but also within three of this other fighter or whatever. And so you say that, and then you measure to make sure that it is that, but then there's like some flexibility and like nudging models and it like, but it was like open two-way street in that regard. Like, it was totally fine. Like if you placed your model after you're moved saying your intent and then you kind of nudge it back or whatever the case was. Um, and so there were several instances also of intent and just playing with open information in this game that I really appreciated um, both from him to me and from me to him. Uh, there were several instances where um, he could have jumped the, um, the shield agents away. There's that they have a tactic card and I just reminded him, I'm like, remember X 23s, spender is range three so like because you're on a huge base moving short is not going to get you away from her attack like she's still going to be able to attack you and he was like oh yeah that's right thanks for reminding me and then you know i would do something you're like remember like with luke i can make him take this attack and then throw you and i'm like oh yeah that's right thanks i appreciate you know i appreciate that so it was just really cool i ended up losing the game anyway um just because I'm not very good at this game, apparently. Um, but um, but that one was 16-11, so it was much closer, right? So it was within five. Um, and, you know, I feel like if I had taken the other side of the board, it may have helped me be able to secure things better. But but anyway, so that was my round two. Jonathan was, again, just a great opponent. Um, I had a lot of fun. Um, there were some cool interactions where X-23 was able to, like, wreak some havoc and then luke cage was like actually no like you're gonna hit me and i'm gonna throw you somewhere and because x23 counts as size three it really sucks if she gets thrown into somebody else so it was fun and cool and a great time was had and the shield agents were disappearing and popping back up and disappearing and popping back up 
That's what they do. Yep. It was fun. So, Trace, what about your round two? My round two, uh, I played against a username named Foxy Moxie. I did not catch her name. I forgot her name, and I apologize for forgetting her name. Uh, we played the Struggle for the Cube and Demons Downtown. She was running Brotherhood of Mutants. Uh, she went fairly wide. She had Mystique. Um, Crimson Dynamo was also in there, um, which was kind of cool. Crimson Dynamo was in there. Um, and we played um, Struggle for the Cube and Demons Downtown. That's what we ended up playing. So... Um, I ran a very similar list to my initial opponent just because I had already used them and they're familiar to me. So I was really committed to try and learn. I think the only change that I made was I swapped out Taskmaster for um, Hood at this point. Um, so Juggernaut, Hood, Black Cat, Daredevil, Bullseye. Um, the ninjas did some work this game, quite a bit of work actually. They got a hold of an extract and dumped it to another character, and then they vanished. And then lots of batoning and moving around and attacking and bringing back ninjas and doing lots of 10 and 9 dice attacks across the board, very aggressive and re-rolling because of Daredevil's leadership. Um, and that ended up in being a win for me, finally. Um, I got my first win of the day, 16 to 8. So that was my second game. She was a lovely opponent. Her dice were not really in her favor. My dice kind of spiked. So it was pretty, pretty intense. Nice. It's always Jared, fun when dice spike. Yeah, it's good. Jared, I think your mic switched to your laptop. For a second. Still there. Should be better now. There you go. Way to go. Yeah. Get us back nice. there. Nice. So nice. in my my um my second game was against Nick. He was playing Shield. Um he took Nick Fury, which I don't know. Even though Nick Fury was in my pre-build, no idea what Nick Fury does or didn't <laughs> until this point. Um Iron Man. Uh, Black Widow, Luke Cage, and Bullseye was what he was, what he came to the table with. Um, I'm trying to remember. I know that I ran Sam again, so like Sam was my was my uh, main. This was Threat 14, so I want to say that I took um, Sam, Bucky, Winter Soldier. Um, so we're at six, and then I think I took Thor again. So at 11, and then I can't, uh, it was probably Clint, because that was kind of like what I was familiar with. Um, it was Sword Base in Formula. So it was the first time that I've played Formula. And this game really came down to, uh, to, to dice at the end of the game. So it was back and forth. Um, I did, so I put Thor on the left flank. He went in and fought... Um, my goodness, I forget what who I beat up on the left-hand side, but Thor beat somebody up on the left-hand side um, and controlled that kind of council. Again, I kept everybody else kind of center, so I had, you know, Captain was able to go back and forth between the two other councils, which really helped. 
And at one point, he was hot, kind of the train was set up. Oh, we didn't really talk about that. The train here was fantastic. Oh, like the yeah, the boards yeah. and the trains are the train was awesome. The tables were amazing. So I was able to hide behind a, a building on the right hand side with, with a Captain America because it was a long move and just make sure that I had that council. He tried to get Iron Man in there a couple times, but really could not. Um, and then really, Clint's in and Winter Soldier had had center. And um, it was a very, very close game. Eventually, I had to rotate Hawkeye to the left-hand side to support um, getting that control base back. Um, and then Thor was on the left, and he kept taking it back. And there really wasn't a whole lot of dazing until mid-game when he dropped the big, I don't know, big, like, ion shield thing. The, the Helios laser. There you go. But he kind of overspent power. So he was able to take a character and daze him but he spent a whole bunch of power to do that. Um, so I ran away. And the cool thing that I learned about Nick Fury, there was two things. One, just blindly, because I controlled the councils, I was able to push one fighter. And because I was kind of dictating, again, I felt that I was behind in the round one, but round two and three, I was able to get ahead. And because it was working, every single time that I was able to push somebody in the power phase, I just picked Nick Fury. I was like, well, he's staying in the back, so we'll just keep pushing him back. And at the end of the game, he's like, that was the best thing we could have done. And it was just dumb, blind luck. I had no idea what I was doing, but it worked out for me. Um, and then he, so the way I had mapped it out with time, and I think we were on turn four, I was like, I have this game. All I have to do is run away. But I forgot that his leadership ability is when you daze or KO somebody, like they get a victory point if they're losing. So all of a sudden that happened and he scored a victory point and like I could run away and score two points, but he was going to get whatever it was four or whatever. I can't remember. Yeah. Four. Yeah. He was going to get four and he was going to beat me by one. Like, <laughs> cause at one point I go, what happens if we die? And then that happened. I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to lose by one. So I still ran away with winter soldier ran like a little, person and hid with one of the formulas and Hawkeye definitely slung out of there and Jared you talked about intent and I really like want to give it to to my opponent Nick here is even though I've played Black Widow all I knew is that she had like a way that you couldn't shoot her and then she had something that she could do back to hurt you and we're at the point in the game where I'm just going to run away but I'm like well I might as well take a couple pot shots with Hawkeye and I clearly asked, I was like, listen, am I in the range for her to do her thing when it comes to attacking? And my opponent interpreted that question as, like, you can attack her because you're within three. And then I was like, but she can't hurt me back because the intent is I don't want to get hurt back. And he misunderstood what that communication was. I attacked. She would have attacked me back and killed Clint. And that probably would have, he probably would have dropped the formula or the, the, yeah, the formula. And that would, could have been all she wrote. But when he like said that, I was like, listen, I wouldn't even have shot her because it doesn't even matter. Like I was clearly trying to play to intent. And he was very gracious and said, okay, like we don't have to take the role. So then I just ran away. I didn't end up by doing any damage. It came down to the last activation. Thor was the last one to activate. I had cleared the center objective of one. He only had one character. I think it was Iron Man that was sitting there. 
I moved, moved over to the center objective, spent the interact power. If I roll this, the councils are now mine. I do, and I win. Like, it literally came down to that roll. If I do not roll that, it, he ends up winning. So it was a very, very close game and a lot of fun. And again, very gracious to my opponent, Nick, for the intense, and more importantly, teaching me how shield works. Nice. Nice. So that'll bring us into round three. So uh, round three, I am now 0-2, so doing real good on the day. Um, and I get paired with Stu, so Jason's first opponent, so his round one opponent. Um, we're playing Legacy Virus and Riots, um, so extreme, So there's four extremist consoles and then three Legacy Viruses out and about. Um I take X-Force with Cable as my leader. I throw in Jean Grey because I hadn't played her yet on the day. Um, and then I have Rogue, so that's 14, and X-23 and Honey Badger, so that pushes me to 19. Um, and when I set up, I put Cable and Jean in the middle because uh, like, they're not going to control the extremist consoles. Um, well, the, the extremist consoles are set like in a... T shape like a plus sign so they're not it's not four x's it's so there's one close to me one close to them and then two in the middle so i kind of abandon the one that's close to me and i push set cable and gene up in the middle and then i put honey badger and x23 on one side and i put rogue on the other side um and then he takes um so he takes storm as his leader and he's got colossus and uh, Wolverine and Storm, and then I think Deadpool and Toad, um, and so we're we're playing through, and it, you know it's I I end up kind of getting into an attrition mode, so he's you know regularly scoring more points than me. Jean Grey is not hitting anything on her attacks, which is just awful. Um, so she's just accruing power, never able to spend it. Like, yeah. So slowly things trickling, you know, in Stu's favor. We come to the very end of turn three. I have eight points. X-23 has two legacy virus tokens. Toad has the other legacy virus token. And she goes in to do her attack. She does her spender. I roll just so many dice. So many dice. Like, with crits. And I cannot get the wild or enough hits to do the five damage that I need to get Toad to drop the legacy virus. And after that, it was game over because then he slipperies away. And then beginning of turn four, he hops away and runs to the very corner of the room. And at that point, I think maybe if there had been enough time for us to play five out, play out five rounds, I could have gone up on top. But like the game is 90 minutes. That's the tournament that we played. And so I can't project that out. Um, so I ended up losing that one. And, uh, yeah, but it was fun, Stu. Like like you said, it was a great opponent, and it was cool to see somebody else play X-Men with Storm as the leader. Um, so I felt like I learned a lot in that game as well. So, Trace, your round three? Uh, my round three, I played against um, user named Timmy1037. Um, and I got thumped this game. Uh, the score does not reflect how I felt. In this game, uh, I got absolutely smashed by a three-man team of Hulk, Juggernaut, and Magneto. Oof. So, I ran 
Taskmaster, Shadowlands, Daredevil, Black Cat, Juggernaut, and Bullseye. That was my that was my roster, and we ended up playing um, the Struggle for the Cubes and Intrusions Open. So we had people getting extra power, all that fun stuff, and that power was being spent to throw trains at my face. Yes. Pretty much the entire game. Uh, Asteroid M was used very early, and Magneto was suddenly mid-board, along with Juggernaut and Hulk, and I got smashed to pieces. Um, It was a really good game, a lot of fun, lots of throwing and dice rolling. I managed to daze Juggernaut um, and almost kill Hulk. Um, I basically just left Magneto alone. But I ended up losing that one um, 16 to 10. So I've kept most most of my games I've kept within single digits of, of difference so far, which is what my goal was, was just to be in each game. I wanted to win one and be in most of them, which which is in, which ended up being a theme for the day for me. Um, I will make one little note about the rounds. I feel like because of the way scoring is done and because of how many points you score, I feel like 90 minutes is is a great amount of time. Like I feel like you can score, you can play a, a nice solid game in 90 minutes without a lot of like fuss, as long yeah. as you're playing and not talking too much in between moves and whatever. I feel like it's a very, it, I felt it felt very smooth up to this point for me. So round three was a loss for me, but it was a fun loss. I got smashed. One of the things that we like about this game, getting terrain thrown at your face. Yep. Which segues into Jason's favorite thing, which is getting trains shown thrown at your face. And I'm not sure how much of that got happened in his third game, but I'm sure something was thrown <laughs> because it's Jason. Yeah, there so believe it or not, in all of the games that uh I play like all four games, I only threw train in game two. Wow. Yeah, it was uh it was different it's a, now. It's I a growth moment, you, ladies and gentlemen. It's a growth moment. I will tell you that in game three there was train getting set to be thrown, but when we looked at the cool little guide that gave you the kind of the, you know, what the size of each thing was, the terrain that I wanted to throw and my opponent wanted to throw was not able to be thrown. They were like these little pot, like potted trees, and um, they were like non-interactive. We thought they were, and they were not. So um, my third round opponent was Alan. Alan played Guardians of the Galaxy, which again, I'm familiar. Thank you, Danny, and how to at least set up for Guardians of the Galaxy. He had Star-Lord, Groot, and I'm sorry, it was threat level 16. Yeah, so he had Star-Lord, Groot, um, Rocket, um, what's his face? The crazy guy with the knives. Drax. Drax. He had um, Nebula. And then his one like kind of splash character was Ant-Man, which this was so cool because I do like Ant-Man. My true love is really the Ultimates, which you could say that Giant Man and Ant-Man are kind of parallel uh, in the comic book universe. And I've never seen Ant-Man played and it like to see him play. It was super cool. It was like, oh, my goodness, I need to get this model painted up and put in my list right away. Uh, I'm not saying that he's OP, but he is just really cool to play. Um because it was 16, this is the first time I didn't run Sam, so I took actual Captain America, um, Winter Soldier, 
Vision made an appearance because uh, that's my kind of beater when we go a little bit higher. Uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye kind of rounded out. This is what we do. Um, the mission was research stations and cosmic invasion. Um, and I've never done the research station where you have the kind of scientists in the center and you push them back and forth. So that was cool to see. Uh, and I think like through turn two, so this game, again, I lost priority. I was able to like kind of counter deploy with vision on the right. I had um, uh, Black Widow on the right. And then I had Clint, uh, Bucky, and Captain America kind of right dead center because we're going to go up and get this, this scientist, and Clint's just going to sit back. And through fir the first two turns, I felt really good. So I was able to push the right flank. Star-Lord came by. Um, push, he pushed my left flank. Um, but I had Captain America, Bucky kind of set up, and I had control of this scientist. I was able to kind of move it off center. Uh, Black Widow was able to rush up and... Gain, gain the right uh, objective. Nebula did come in and Ant-Man came in that way, which gave me a hard time. So eventually I had to retreat her. But again, I owned the center. Vision went in. Um, he did work. And the card that denies the damage of throwing is probably what kind of saved the game because Drax, I was going to throw Drax and it was going to cause damage. It didn't by happening. I threw Drax away. And by turn three, he had pushed my my center kind of back and I made kind of two, two or three mistakes. I played back to back turn two, which allowed him to not interact at all with captain and Bucky sitting in the center, which was great. But during that, I did not daze or KO um, enough. And when I went to throw captain shield at the end of two, I should have hit, um, I should have hit a Groot and then ricochet the shield from Groot into rocket. And instead of doing that, because I didn't want to give Groot power, I went after Ant-Man, which was just a mistake. Like, yes, Ant-Man took damage, but getting Rocket off of the back objective would have really, really helped. Because then in turn three, when I pushed in Vision, Vision could have capped the back objective as well as dealing damage to Drax and, and Groot. So that was mistake number one, to not try to get Rocket off. Um Mistake number two was I let him utilize Star-Lord so well. So Star-Lord would run, hit and run in from that, that left flank, hit Hawkeye, and then run back to the objective. And instead of just moving Hawkeye out of there and leaving Black Widow in the back where he couldn't be targeted outside of three, I just let Clit just get beat, beat the heck up. Um, by the end of the game, he had pushed forward. He did some great throws to kind of break up Captain America so I couldn't use his bodyguard um, and just had dazed my back line. So I ended up by losing 14-7. Uh, but it was awesome to see Ant-Man do his thing. He's a very cool character um, that I need to play more. So that was my round three. Took my first L. Nice. Sweet. Yeah, so uh, my round four is super short. I got to buy. Ooh. So anybody that was listened to our, our our Underworlds episodes knows that I got to buy in the Underworlds tournament as well. Um, so they, uh, I talked to the TO and one of the gentlemen that had played the in the previous bracket the day before got his minis out and just played. I mean, what was essentially kind of like a 
like a friendly, like let's walk through every step game. So it was a bit like a, almost like a learning game, um, which was good. Um, and he basically played the mirror against me. So he ran X-Men with Storm as leader, um, kind of sh- showed me some stuff that the way to ways to use her leadership ability uh, more effectively and, you know, um, how to kind of make decisions on the tabletop, how to make decisions pregame, like how do you choose which secure and abstract extra like how do you decide whether you want to present your secures or your extracts um and stuff like that so i mean it, it was good I, I ended up losing that game as it were um but i got the win in tournament points Whoa. so yeah right uh what what so i officially went one and three good job <laughs> nice same as me um so my last game i played against wyatt and he was a really fun game i had a lot of fun playing against him he played he played avengers uh he had hulk black panther captain america and iron man original iron man um and i played again there's a theme Shadowlands Daredevil, Bullseye, Juggernaut, Hood, and Black Cat. Um, There was a lot of really close roles in this one. Um, Shadowlands Daredevil did some absolute work on the center objective. Uh, I think I did a total of five attacks and one activation with Daredevil and the ninjas. Today's Black Panther, uh, which was friggin' awesome um and then juggernaut charged the right flank i probably should have pushed him more center but i charged the right flank and pushed tony um ended up dazing and KOing tony to then try and come back to the center but at that point um wyatt was very good at utilizing the book actions so we played the montessi formula and superpowered scoundrels so cover cover tokens and uh if you had the extracts you actually had an extra attack action and he used that extra attack action to great effect beamed a lot of my people um and ended up being there was some misplays on my part as far as bullseye too i should have been pinging his single damage more than i was because i had excess power and i wasn't using it as well as i could have so that was an immense error on my part but at this point i'm tired during the day and just making some mental errors that i you know, it is what it is. Um, ended up losing that one 16 to 9. But it was a... Uh, it could have gone the other way. Had some had some dice rolls gone my way. Um, but that's the nature of dice games. And that's okay. Uh, overall, I did not roll poorly this this event. Um, rolled pretty average. So that was all... That was all good. So I couldn't really blame anything on the dice. I would, I'm trying to be better about that just as a gamer in general. Um, but overall, I think, uh, I think I had a, it was a good showing, even though my win loss column doesn't necessarily reflect it. I, I, I gave some people some good games for the number of games we've played. So my last game was a loss. Jason, how about you? Yeah, so, you know, I will say, like, this was my favorite game of all day, of really all the, the convention, and um, because I played Arthur Zero Cool Washburn, um, and I was, he was by, by far my best opponent, 
Um, I wish I could have given him a better game because, like you, Trace, I've never uh, experienced game fatigue. Like, literally, like I've played games for years and um, I'm always the one that says one more, right? Like, you guys know that. Like, I'm always itching to get another one in. But I don't know if it was because the room was hot or it was the end of the convention or just because I had spent so much mental capacity playing in this day because I don't know the game very well. I was done. Like I like I walked up to the table and I was just like, oh, my goodness, I'm like, just I don't even know where to start. And it showed this game was over before the models even hit the table because he by far had a plan, knew what was going on. Um, it's like the first game that I that I think, at least in my thought, looking back at it, that every single character that he had selected, he knew exactly where he was going for the mission and what they're what they were to do. So we ended by playing threat. Um, I want to say it was 14 again. He was playing Guardians of the Galaxy. So obviously he's got the Star Lord in there. Um yeah, so he took, had Ant-Man for three. He took Mystique, so that's six. He had Rocket and Groot, so that's five, which is 11. And then he took Star-Lord, which is 14. Um, because we were playing Councils again. Um, and I this is my mistake. This is the first time I won priority, so I had to like kind of deploy first. And I went with the same kind of layup that, I've, that I go layout. I go all the time. I went with Captain America Sam, Bucky, Hawkeye, and Thor and Thor is supposed to be my bully. And I pulled the Jared and I deployed Thor on the left-hand side of the map and Thor did absolutely nothing the entire game. In fact, he got pushed away so much that I just had to cut burning him up. Um, and for him, he employed Groot and rocket on the right-hand side, took my right-hand flank and got rocket into position where he could shoot on the center. Uh, I came up with Hawkeye and like, you know, I positioned him well, so I could get to that center objective if need be based off of Sam's uh, leadership ability. So I felt pretty good. Uh, he moved Mystique to the left-hand flank because she could just suck that objective away from Thor if he needed. Um, and then he brought um, Ant-Man right down Main Street and supported with Star-Lord kind of in the back to do his back objective and shoot into the center. So as you can tell, I was already outclassed. Uh, and then when I started to make a game of it, I made like a silly error. Like I had him, he dropped one of his, um, I want to say it was formulas is what we were playing. And, um, he dropped one of the, the, the objectives. Yeah, it was formulas. I had Hawkeye sitting right there and I'm like, Oh, Hawkeye's going to pick it up and then he's going to hook arrow away and we're going to get behind this train car and everything's going to be fine. And I'm going to get back in the game. Well, that is not what I did at all. I first shot and did a lot of damage to Mystique, and I was like, ooh, I can probably take her out and make him drop another one. So instead of moving up and getting the formula and then hookshotting and hiding, I just forgot and shot again. And as soon as I rolled the dice, I was like, oh, my goodness, why did I do that? Like, why? Because I was tired and I yep. done messed up. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it ever, it like unraveled even more and more. I started to make more and more mistakes. But what I will tell you is the reason this was my favorite game is he broke everything down. 
So like it was getting so bad and I was making like just so many mistakes. He would, he was given the, do you really want to do that? Are you sure you don't want to use this superpower? Like, like that type of thing. But then after the game, we sat there for probably 30 minutes, just talked about the game. First off, found out he's a Kevin Smith fan. So he had to like leave to go see the clerks three movie. Um, so shout out to him. Like that was fantastic. Me being a huge Kevin Smith fan. Um, but then he just like, he's like, why did you take four fighters when you're only playing 14? Why didn't you go wide? And why didn't you do this? And this is what I was going to do. And like broke down Ant-Man and explained Ant-Man even more to me, like just totally dissected the game was a fantastic opponent, really gave me some knowledge. And it was almost like, you know, a point like clicked for the game for me. It was like, holy cow, like this, this gentleman is approaching this game. Like Mystique does this, Groot does this, like Rocket does this where from where I'm standing from, I just want to play Avengers. I know what they do, but man, I was outclassed. He knew exactly what they were going to do and whatever mission that he had selected or whatever mission came up, he, his roster was tailored and it was awesome. And I super enjoyed it. It was a fantastic game, but good Lord, I was tired. So I dropped two. I went two and two on the day, which overachieved for what I, what I had set out to do. And more importantly, like I kind of went through murderer's row. Like I had the strongest strength of schedule through the day. Um, you know, my, my um, third opponent, Alan finished second in our kind of bracket. Um, Nick, which was my second opponent, which I beat finished set seventh. And then Arthur finished ninth. And so it was, it was a good day for MCP really made me appreciate the game made me appreciate the community um it was it was a real fun day but i was tired i don't normally have that happen so yeah yeah i was definitely feeling it like going into round three so there was a part of me that was very thankful for the buy in round four um because yeah the, the the fatigue was starting to show for me as well so we wrap up And then I don't remember what we did after that until we went to go get dinner. We went to the cantina. Well, so first off, we hung around and everyone got a prize. Oh, yeah. that's right. Everybody like, got a prize. Yeah, it was like the best events. I mean, I got to talk to Jonathan, which I played Kingdom, Kingdom Death uh, with the other day. He sat there. He ended up by giving me he won. the What is it? The Hella. Hell to pay. Hell to pay like op kit which is fantastic so we can use that to build the community locally um and we just sat around and talked uh don and matthew matt matt yeah matt, matt came, yeah came by and we were talking with them so we just kind of hung out and again everyone got a prize which was yep. fantastic no that was cool um yeah so so we wrapped up there um and then i think we kind of pout around we were waiting for jimmy to wrap up his uh his Lord of the Rings thing. Yep. Um, and then after that, I think we basically just hang out at a sports bar for the rest of the night. So nothing, nothing major there. Really? Yeah. Nothing, no, nothing major games. happened on for on the last, the last night on Saturday, there wasn't a like thing that happened. Jared a crucial all. text message, maybe. Well, it wasn't a text message. It was a phone call. So, in classic fashion of balancing life with games, it's important to note that communication is very important. And at some point, um, 
there was a communication breakdown between Danielle and I as far as the expectation for when I was going to be returning home. Um, so we had all signed up for the casual MCP event on Sunday. Um, and I thought I had made it clear that I would not be back until late on Sunday. Um, and she thought otherwise. And so in the vein of maintaining a relationship and that being more important than games and balancing life in games, um, the decision was made, albeit poorly, for us to leave Nova early so that I could get home in time to beat the expectations of my family. So. Yeah, which just led to conversations, right? Like, so we had to change our, our approach, but um, it was a good learning experience. And I will tell you, so like after that, so you had that conversation, we had to coordinate all our efforts. Uh, luckily we had two cars, I drove and Danny drove. So we co coordinated the efforts, we made a plan, then we went out and went to the same sports bar we went to the night before with um you know jimmy and gerard and really and danny and the, you know us like really had a great time like had a great dinner mm -hmm. i could not talk because my voice still hurt from kill team but you all seem to have a great time yeah the drinks and yep. yeah i was having a good time danny and his sports analogies fan oh uh, that was that was fun yeah danny regaled us on the different types of professional sport, uh, professional football fans. Yep, the personas of all of sport team of different sports teams fans. Yeah, was quite entertaining. It was very good. Uh, yeah. Lots of libations were had, and yeah, so that's that was most of that night. And then Jared went back first because it's pumpkin time. So it was way past pumpkin time after being up till two the morning the night before. Um, I was everyone got to experience full on Jared sleepy stare. Everyone at the table. Oh yeah. So, yep. So it was good times. Good times. I did. Yeah. I did run into some random people hauling a case of Miller Lite, and they asked me what I was playing, not knowing whether I was there for Nova or not because I don't think I was wearing my badge at the time. But I mean. <laughs> You know, you got a middle-aged white dude walking towards the gaming convention at, you know, one in the morning. It's he's probably there for Nova, but so they guessed correctly. They did guess correctly. So, and then Danny and myself and Gerard all kind of walked back probably thirty minutes <sighs> after you did. And then I am I ended up standing outside the hotel till probably. 2.30 or something like that because we I ran into Craig uh, somebody that we used to play a lot of games with and ended up talking with him and some of his other friends that he had from his endeavors that he is on now uh, then called it a night when Jimmy and them showed up and I went to bed <laughs> and then we woke up on Sunday morning and started the rat race to get home yeah which was good um you know even though it might have been a disruption to plans uh my family was also thankful for being home really i just like so on the car ride home you know jared and i are having conversations trace is sleeping in the back because i was driving like a madman 
giving them car sickness. Um, I don't think it was you. I think it was the auto cruise because it likes to tap the brakes like just barely. And in the back seat, it was just like, yeah. uh, uh, and then the, <laughs> the, the whiskey from the night before and all this other stuff was just come right up, right up. <laughs> and so I was just, I was just like, I'm just going to close my eyes. I'm going to get a Gatorade when we stop at Jason's store. And I'm just going to go to sleep off and on for most of the trip. So that was how I handled it. But go ahead, Jason. It was good. And um, it was a fun ride back. It went a lot quicker than it normally goes, or at least it felt like it did. But I love, like, you know, Trace, we drop him off first. He goes, he gets home to an empty house. Then Jared, the reason that we have to be home, I drop him off to an empty house. And then I get home, and instantly everyone disappears, and I got the kids. So I was like, wait a minute. Like, I'm not even the one that had to be home. <laughs> I'm the one that's... So, yep. Uh, my wife and my son had managed to get tickets to go to Bush Gardens on the day that we were going to we were coming home. So I ended up just having another day by myself. So it was fine. I did some me things and slept in and did all this other stuff. So it was a it was a nice little day. I was happy to see my family though when they got home from Bush Gardens. Well, that's that's the Nova trip. Um, you know, I guess from a post Nova analysis before we get to the outro, uh, we hadn't been to Nova in three years. Was it worth the wait? And are you looking forward to next year? Yeah. So why don't we do this? Let's do this. Why don't we, we'll take a break and we'll, we'll lump in the post into the outro. And that way we get, we get a nice clean break here. Sounds great. Sure. Cool. We'll be right back. And we're back. And this will wrap up the uh, 40... Dang it. Third episode of the Battle Mallet Podcast. 44th? 5th? 47th? It's the 70-11th episode. (laughs) Oh, we need a servitor. The 55th episode of the Battle Mallet podcast. No, it's the 43rd. Yep, that's what we're doing. That's where we are. So, um, so yeah, so yeah, so before we really close out the show, I think Jason had a good point that uh, you know, we should should do the post, uh, the debrief of it. And um, so it's funny because I went to Trace's house to play MCP a, a few weeks before we went to Nova. And um, and I said that night that I didn't know if Nova was going to happen again after this year. And I think I'm happy to report that I'm probably wrong. Um, it was worth the wait. It was worth the price of of admission. And and it was just a reminder that like to get one trip a year where I'm just fully immersed in the hobby for four days, um, it just does a lot of good for me personally. Um, and, uh, you know, I think there's some selfishness in that, right? Like to get away from family obligations and work obligations and all of that. Um, but I had a great time and enjoyed every activity that we participated in. Um, you know, and, and, you know, really just enjoyed the time that we got to spend together, um, as, as a group of friends, um, you know, the time that, that, 
fully immersive, concentrated time together, playing games, hanging out, doing life. So, so for me, you know, two thumbs up, 10 out of 10 stars would recommend. Um, if you get the chance to go, you should go, even if it's for a day, you know, or two. Um, it's a, it's just a really cool con. And I think that it is still different than the other cons. I think that there's still like this sense of community and family and, and, and togetherness that isn't as strong at the other conventions that happen throughout the year. So I will kind of echo that. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed every Nova that we've been to and I thoroughly enjoyed this one as well. It was great to get to play in an event with everybody. Um, even though we were all doing our own thing, just being in the same room and being able to talk to each other about our previous games and how they went. Um, that was a ton of fun for me. Um, cause that hadn't happened really like with, with Danny included ever. Um, it happened with the three of us when we were doing underworlds, but other than that, you know, in previous Nova's, but I definitely would say that it was worth the wait for us. Um, even though it was different, different venues and you're not different venues, but like it was different than the last time we went, things had changed the the charitable foundation and the the convention are now two separate pieces um very clearly they were not as intertwined as they were as in previous events so it was kind of sad to not get to see all the auctioned models um in person that was one thing that i was very sad about but i understand why um so yeah i i would i would definitely go again Oh, that pumpkin time's approaching. Oh, it's here. Oh, it's, it's been here. here. So I do, you know, for me, short and sweet, on the car ride home, I was a little bit hesitant because it always feels like too much time away. Um, but I will say that I am a better father, better husband, and a better friend for getting the time away with all of you. Uh, the two of you on this this uh, podcast with me tonight, Danny, who is traveling overseas in, in a very bougie airplane right now. And, uh, he says hello from Dubai, by the way. Yes. And um, and more importantly, it reinvigor reinvigorated me into why I hobby. Because um, for to me, it's not painting. It, it's playing games and it's interacting with people. Um, it's why I got into the hobby many, many years ago. And having those late nights at the Katina or just kept catching up with friends that I haven't spent a lot of time with since the last Nova... Um, making new friends. All of it is right there. I can't wait for next year. Um, most definitely. Um, my And I can't wait to continue to play a game together because, Trace, that was a highlight. And I really want to get back to more of the team feeling of all of us working together um, like we had in the past that I kind of lost over the last three years because we've just been bashing our heads together. So... Um, it felt good to get out there and can't wait for it to happen again. So with that, Jared, want to take us out? Yeah. So, uh, for the battle mallet podcast, we are three dads on a journey to earn more marriage equity. This is Jared signing out.
This is Trace signing out. I'm Jason Table New Murray. When I figure out how to generate that equity, I'll let you all know. Get the hell out of here. Peace. Go Bills. See you at next year's Nova. Battle Mallet Podcast is protected under the Creative Commons license. If you have further questions as to its use, you can find more information via links on podcast.battle-mallet.com. Music by Anno Domini Beats. Bruh. Bruh.